I'm not ready, so, um, you know, Ryan, you got to do the show, I guess. Good morning. It's uh, Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. Griffin's here. He's off in the distance. There you go. There he's waving. Ryan Chell is back again today because he's very nervous that he's forgotten how to radio. He's very, very nervous. And if you think he's nervous today, wait until tomorrow when Griffin's not here. He's he's going to lose his mind. Uh, we got a lot to do on the program today, but seriously, we've got a lot to do today. Coming up, uh, we are going to chat with our buddy Connor Newcomb, locked on Orioles. Disappointing loss, clearly, last night. We'll talk about the uh, controversy surrounding Felix Batista not being put back in for the 10th inning, despite only pitching nine pitches in the ninth. And also the controversy around Jorge Mateo not being, able not being capable of bunting. I mean... But hey, when you do so many other things to help the team win. <laughs> like get on base. Yikes. And also, uh, coming up this morning... We're going to catch up with uh, Towson football coach Pete Shinnick as they get ready for a trip to College Park next weekend to open up the season. Speaking of college football, the season opens this Saturday. DJ Brown, safety from Notre Dame, Annapolis native. Uh, he's going to return to the program as they get ready to take on Navy. We'll catch up with him before they head out to Dublin. And uh, we are supposed to do this last week before the game. Instead, we'll talk about what it's like to be the world beaters, what it's like to shock the world. Uh, Baltimore native Kendall Fuller of the uh, Washington Commanders will join us and talk about their massive, earth-shattering win on Monday Night Football. Yeah, other things about his career and all that sort of stuff. All that coming up on the program today. It is also Would You Rather Wednesday. The scenarios are up on Facebook. I'll get them up um, on, uh, on Twitter as well when I get the opportunity. As I said, I wasn't prepared. Things caught up on me. It's a long story. Things happened. I, I blame Ryan mostly. That's uh, the way that it goes. Today's show is brought to you by Superbook Sports. Right now, use the code Clark 23 And when you do, at Superbook.com or download the Superbook app, you will receive up to $250 in a first bet match. So... Whatever it is you bet on, win or lose, and there's a couple of uh, details in there about odds. You can go check that out at Superbook. Win or lose. So whether you threw everything on the Ravens winning on Monday night and you're despondent, well, no worries. You got that first bet back. If you bet on the Commanders because you thought it was time, you made all that money, and you get those free bets still. That's the way that it works. Up to $250. First bet match just by using the code GlennClark23 when you go to Superbook.com or download the Superbook app and you make that first bet up to 250 bucks. So, yeah, disappointing evening last night. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to mix words. I, I, I don't understand. Like, Brandon Hyde's explanation to me does not paint a clearer picture at all. And I had a bunch of people coming after me last night, like, you can't always ask someone to pitch two innings. I don't always want Felix Batista to pitch two innings. We're intellectually dishonest when we have these conversations. No one thinks Felix Batista should pitch two innings every time he comes in to pitch. I mean, nobody that I know. I mean, if there's somebody out there, maybe there's some guy. Yell at him. I don't know who he is. Go find him. But when someone last night was suggesting 
huh, real weird that you wouldn't stick with Felix Batista. It has nothing to do with what you want, what you want to see in any other circumstance other than last night. The uniqueness of last night, two things. He pitched nine pitches. Nine. Combine that with the fact that he has barely been used over the course of the last week, including last night. Over the course of eight days, he had thrown 18 pitches. Now, of course, I get it. Dan Connolly, one of the ones that says, well, you know, that means he's probably not available the next night. Right. Where he may or not may or may not be needed. We have no idea. Imagine that. Well, we got to save him for tomorrow night. And then they win 37-2 to two tonight. Yeah. <laughs> or lose, unfortunately, 10-2. to two. And I get it. The Orioles don't do those things very frequently. So I understand the argument that, like, most nights you think you're going to need Felix Batista. But you're... You're you're saying you've got to save him for something hypothetical that may or may not exist. I mean, I don't want to defend it either, but I, I guess like the thought is potentially he could use him three days in a row since he was used so like he only nine pitches last. Yes, night. and if he only were to go and, nine pitches again, right. these are all hypotheticals. Right, I, and these and are sure... all purely hypothetical thoughts. And, and maybe <laughs> if he pitches again tomorrow night, he'll only throw nine pitches again. And I guess what's... maybe, but what's the cutoff for that? At what point? What is the exact number of pitches where you say, "Well, now I'm willing to use him a third straight night." It's it's all nebulous, man, and you have no idea if you're going to need him tonight or tomorrow night. Well, with Gosman and Barrios, I guess t- t- tonight and tomorrow, I guess it's a thought that it will almost certainly be another close game. I, I understand the thought but, process, but you're again. I know. I, I and the idea that like winning tomorrow is more important than winning today is also bizarre. Why is tomorrow's game more important? I don't I don't understand. Got to be Gosman, I guess. Like what 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 am I missing here? I would think that. Any of these games are equally important. It's bizarro land, man. It is. I the, And what makes it so much worse is when he says, well, if it was on the road, I'd feel differently. Right. Yeah. And, I, I, I mean, and then I'm like, what am I missing? I guess. So I go to the Internet. Can anybody please explain this to me? <laughs> I, 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 I don't need it to be like I'm a five-year-old, more like I'm a 15-year-old. Please, someone explain. My buddy Zach Seidel from UMBC is like, look, I've been talking to some baseball people about this, and apparently the thought process goes something like this. If you're on the road, you can't win in between. Like, you you know at that point that if he comes in to pitch the bottom of the ninth, there's going to have to be a bottom of the tenth. Whereas at home, you don't know whether or not there's going to be a, a, a tenth inning because your team could win it in the ninth. I'm like, right, but if you're on the road, your team might score seven runs in the top of the 10th, and then you might not need him in the bottom of the 10th. So, like, the idea that he's got to stay warm or something like like, mm. I, I don't I, – I, somebody still – smarter, smarter person, please tell me, because it, it ain't clicking for me. All that's clicking is some – like weird tradition of like this is just the way that and that's what essentially was like look man the baseball people I've talked to have just said that's just the way that it goes that's, I, mean, that, I don't get it I, I need someone else talk me through that and again all of the context matters it's not just the number of pitches that he threw it's also the fact that he's Felix Batista it's that there is no one that is more uniquely prepared to pitch in the, the extra inning situation in all of baseball than Felix Batista is. 
I had somebody last night, I, I can't remember, I think it was uh, someone named Josh, who was like, well, you know, he's not very good at holding runners on. I'm like, but Bo Bichette has stolen three bases all season. Do you think the Toronto Blue Jays are going to risk running themselves out of having a runner in scoring position to attempt to have Bo Bichette, who's stolen three bases all year, steal third? Like, that's the thought process? What am I missing? What am I? I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, no one is explaining this to me in a way, in a way that it makes sense. And again, I, I understand, like, when we say things in a broad sense, when we say things like, well, you can only have, you know, uh, what's up, by the way? Troy, good morning, pal. Thank you. It's good to hear from you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my mind right. Thank you, Troy. That was helpful. <laughs> He's got to do it every day now. I really need that, yeah. right? Right when I'm starting to lose it. <laughs> I need Troy to say hello. That'll, that'll be good. <laughs> Jesus. Um, when you say broad things, like you don't want to overuse Felix Batista, I agree. I don't want to overuse Felix Batista either. I don't want to throw his arm out. I don't want, but you are not explaining to me why nine pitches and 18 for the week was the point at which we declared Felix Batista's arm to be thrown out. And again, I also understand the argument of, well, you don't want to have one game cost you three or something like that. Again, when you say it broadly, I don't necessarily disagree with you. But context also matters. You had already used the majority of your leverage guys last night, which, by the way, we don't trust many of those guys either. Like, I think it might be somewhat different if for some reason, and it was never going to happen, but Grayson Rodriguez had gone eight innings, and then you put Felix Batista in in the ninth which I assume you wouldn't have done if the game was tied in that circumstance, but let's just pretend that way, then maybe we're having a different conversation where, like, you still can go to Cano in the 10th, or you still could go to, look, you know, CNL Perez of late has looked pretty good in the 10th. I still wouldn't prefer any of those guys in the 10th, the Felix Batista, but we could at least, like, talk about it. Jacob Webb's been, you know, untouchable since he arrived in Baltimore. We could at least have a conversation about the possibility of using some of those guys. But you, you had already done that. You were down to Mike Bauman. Context matters. I, I, it, it don't work yeah, for me. Yeah, because now Bauman's not really – I mean, I guess he's available tonight, but, like, you know, he's not going to have a – he's not going to be able to go multiple innings. But do, do you want Bauman available tonight? Probably. I guess at this point, no. I got to be honest. At this point, I'm not sure why Bauman is anything other than your long man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really don't get why Bauman would be anything other than that guy at this point. Like, he's kind of proven the leverage thing. As for the fleeting moments where, you know, like, he had – what was the 10th inning? Who did he, who was the 10th inning that was so brilliant that he had? Uh, was he, that oh, – I don't even remember I, who that was against. I, I remember It feels that. like it was Seattle in Baltimore maybe. Whatever it was. Or maybe it was a bad team, and that's why, yeah. like – It's pretty clear he's not that guy. Did he pitch Saturday against Oakland? No. 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 No, For, right? uh, no, because Saturday used, but that was a game where they used Batista. That was exactly the example we're talking about. They used Batista in the ninth, and then they scored five runs mm. in the top of the tenth, and they didn't need Felix Batista in the bottom of the ninth, in the bottom of the tenth, which can happen. Even when you say, "Well, like now, you know, he's got to stay warmed up." Well, he stayed warmed up for what? <laughs> because he didn't pitch in the tenth inning on Saturday. 
I, context matters, and all of that is relevant contextually. I, I'm not. It, is it the reason why the Orioles lost last night? No, I mean, you feel it. Mike Bauman, I don't care who the pitcher is. If you're a major league pitcher, you can't hang a ball middle middle. As everyone has shared, as middle middle as middle middle gets. It is one of the most hittable pitches I've ever seen in my life. No matter who comes into the game, you can't do that. You can add on like wasted opportunities. You can add on again Jorge Mateo not being capable of getting a bunt down. And whether or not you know, getting a runner on base should have been what made them decide to not pinch hit Anthony Santander in that spot. We can have all of those conversations. We can we can do all of that. But I I can't shake the that doesn't excuse this. It can be both things. It can both be that Felix Batista should have pitched the tenth and Mike Bauman can't make that pitch. It can both be that Felix Batista shouldn't pitch the tenth and Jorge Mateo should be capable of getting a bunt down or shouldn't be on the team. It can be all of the above. It can be you left a few runners on base earlier in the game too. It can be Grayson Rodriguez wasn't wasn't great. Yes, he ultimately delivered a quality start. There's something to be said for that. That if the low end for Grayson Rodriguez is quality start, it's a hell of a thing. But we were, of course, getting a little bit carried away and thinking that Grayson Rodriguez might be the, the you know, ace-ace. He wasn't great last night. We can point out all of those things. But they're ands. None of those things excuse a, a bizarre decision. A very weird. Hopefully, I mean, I had to take that back. Hopefully, Felix Batista isn't needed tonight. Hopefully, they win by 40 runs. Tonight and tomorrow night. But hopefully, if he's needed, he's available to pitch. They win the next two games, and you get to the end of the series, and Brandon Hyde can kind of shrug his shoulders and say, well, you know, that, that was what we were thinking about, was that, you know, if he, had, if he had pitched, that might cost us the next two games, and you see we needed him for the next two games. Hopefully, that's the case. But, I don't know. You keep thinking about how close that was from Gunner 2 down the line in left field. My God, it was... So close. So close to not not having to have this conversation. (sighs) Very, very frustrating. Very frustrating defeat last evening. And, of course, the Rays uh, were winners, so they're back within two games in the AL East. And for as much as we're kind of writing off the Rays with all of the pitching injuries and Wander Franco, you know, almost definitively being gone at this point, it was placed on administrative leave, and it, it looks like it just might be Dunsky. They've taken down all his Yeah, I like, saw that yesterday. All the banners are yes. down all around. I mean, it, in fairness, as they probably should be, as much as we're that makes us want to write the Rays off, like, they still have other good baseball players. Like, they're not going to just stop trying. They're not just going to be like, well, it was fun, guys. Let's pack it up. Like, the Orioles still have to win baseball games. And that's the frustrating thing about last night. Uh, as uh, Griffin mentioned, it is Kevin Gosman tonight for the Blue Jays against uh, Jack Flaherty, and that's the next like the next thing on the list is you have to see a better version of Jack Flaherty. Like, have to. P- plain and simple, must see a better version of Jack Flaherty. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that like he's going to be kicked out of the rotation or something along those lines because, again, with the innings problems that you have for other guys, you, you're not kicking anybody out of the rotation. But 
that the the roadmap to the Orioles doing something of substance has to involve the guys that have the innings in them giving you better innings because the other things are so questionable. It's it's exhilarating to watch Grayson Rodriguez right now, but do I know that you can keep that afloat until October given the innings thing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about it with Bradish. I don't know about it with any of these guys. I, I, I just don't know. The guys that you know have the innings in them must pitch better. Period. And so Jack Flaherty gets his next chance. The good news, last time he faced Toronto, yeah. that was his good start. <laughs> that was the one. Hopefully he can recreate that tonight. Really kind of a disappointing night for my, Ryan Mountcastle, right? Like, that's the real... So Ryan Mountcastle is supposed to own the Blue Jays, although he did get the, get his um, reach base streak uh, continued because they intentionally walked him. God, right in front of Gunner, too. I was like, come on, man. This is setting up. This is the moment! Wasn't meant to be. Just wasn't meant to be. And that, by the way, the play that Bichette made was absolutely bonkers. I mean, that was nuts. That was an unbelievable play. All right, uh, there we go. I, 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 a bunch of you were, were getting after me. I, I am really, I didn't see it last night, um, or, or I didn't see it the night before when he said it. I didn't see it until yesterday. I, at some point later on the show, I can dive back in. I'm really taken aback by John Harbaugh's postgame comments on Monday night. Like I, I think it's embarrassing, shameless, sad, honestly pathetic. I, I, there was absolutely no need for it. Now, I don't want to go too far because it's also, it doesn't matter that much. Like, who cares? They need to win football games when, like, they actually play football games. But I'll talk later in the show. I'll try to lay out for you here why John Harbaugh's comments post-game on Monday night, to me, were so naked and so embarrassing and just simply pathetic. Wildly pathetic. And I, at the time, I didn't even have the con. Mark Viviano gave me, an, it gave not me specifically, all of us, an amount of context that um, I didn't have when I first said it. So we'll talk about that at some point during the course of today's show as well. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. So here's the other thing that's going on today behind the scenes. Is that we are attempting to bring back Zoom. It has been an experiment (laughs) over the last couple of days. We've been running a lot of cords. We've been like, you know, there's been a lot going on. Switching wires. We believe... That we have it at a place where it can work, although, although do you have to unplug that microphone in order for it to work. Uh, no, so I switched the pot that this microphone's in oh. today. Yes, oh. yes, a lot going on over there. So we believe that this is going to work. We, correct. Yes, that it, is, it will work. In fact, <laughs> you, I love your confidence. I appreciate that confidence. So when are you? Are you just going to tell me? You're yeah, just going to uh, say, "Oh, we're good." Yeah. So joining us this morning, and I believe you can see him if you're with us on YouTube or Facebook. 
He is our buddy Connor Newcomb, locked on Orioles, and he's with us here on GCR. Connor, we, we're nervous about this because you're, you're we're sort of popping the cherry this way, doing it. Uh, can you hear me just fine? I can hear you. I can see you. It seems oh, like people can see me. Look at this. this. Seems to be going well. What a good day today has proven to be. Well done, Griffin. Good work, hey. pal. <laughs> Connor, it's good to talk to you. I promised you that we would do this at a point where the Orioles weren't losing a bunch of baseball games. So, you know, I, I kept my promise in that way, although last night was frustrating. I can't shake this. I, 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 I get it. When we say, you know, broad things like, well, you don't want to throw Felix Batista's arm off or something like that. We all are in agreement. Nobody is debating that. Nobody. Th- I had six different people say to me last night, well, you can't expect a guy to throw two innings every time. No one thinks that's how they should use Felix Batista. But I've got to have somebody explain to me why nine pitches in one game and 18 pitches over the course of the week meant Felix Batista couldn't go back out for a 10th inning. Yeah, I think this one was probably sticking to the overall game plan a little too firmly. Um, It's been brought up that Felix has not pitched in a spot like this at all since the Orioles called him up. He has not pitched in a spot where at home, tie game, he pitches the ninth to keep it tied. He has never come back and pitched the tenth in a tie game at home. Now, he's done it on the road when the Orioles have the lead. I kind of get the thinking. It's like, okay, if we're going to use him for two innings and burn him for the next day, we got to know that him getting six outs means we win. And at home, of course, it doesn't mean that. You know, the Orioles could always not score in the 10th, go to the 11th. You got to go to Bauman anyway. Now, that makes sense if Felix throws 15, 20 pitches in the ninth. He threw nine. He could have theoretically thrown 15 more and still been fine for tonight. And the Orioles could have won that game. It is what it is. Again, he's never thrown an outing like that, and he still hasn't. I think that's like an overall plan of how we're going to keep him fresh. It, it, it bit him last night. It really did. I, I, like, I, I keep hearing people talk to me about that, the road versus home thing, and it just I don't, like, I don't get that. I don't get the idea. I, I, I hear what you're saying. So what you're saying is if in, on, in the other scenario, if you're on the road and the Orioles don't score a run in the 10th inning, then they don't put Felix Batista back out? For the bottom yeah, of the tenth, I but- do think that's how it's worked. I just think I don't think the O's have had a scenario this year where Felix has pitched bottom nine in a tie game on the road and they haven't taken the lead. Because what Brandon Hyde does is he knows Felix is such a strikeout artist that he plays for the one run in the top of the tenth because right. he says we can just get the one, right. even though we get the zombie runner. If we can just get the one. Felix will strike out the side and we will win the game. And so I don't think there's even been a spot this year where he's had to make that decision. But I think if we, you know, when the O's go on the road in a couple weeks, like maybe in, 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 you know, say Arizona, if that spot comes up and they don't score in the top of the 10th, I would definitely be expecting to see a different reliever come out of the bottom of the 10th. So, so I think it, it kind of goes both ways. T- tell me why I'm crazy, because like, d- doesn't it work the same way if you assume you're going to score one run because you're going to play for one run in the bottom of the 10th? Yes. Then wouldn't you yes, expect that strikeout artist Felix Batista would be able to get you some strikeouts in the top of the 10th and allow for that one run to win the game? Like, What, yeah. what am I missing here? I think this is where we're on the same page because yeah. I would have thrown him last night yeah. um, in the 10th inning. I think it's like 95% the same. And I think the only thought is essentially, okay, you throw Felix Bautista two innings, he's not available the next night, right? right. And, and sometimes he's not available for two nights, depending on how many pitches he throws. Mm-hmm. I think the thought is if we're going to throw him two innings, we need to be absolutely certain that we will win the game if we throw him two innings. Now, you can't be 100% certain, but I think that's just the one 
thing that makes it different is, you know, the Blue Jays, for example, they save Jordan Romano for the 10th. Correct. So even if Felix throws a scoreless top of the 10th, I mean, Romano's filthy. And so, you know, maybe you don't score there and then you go to Bauman in the 11th. That could have been something that had to do with it. It's kind of silly when you play it out. Like, you're right. Like, it, it kind of feels silly, like, just go and win the game. I'm, I think I'm trying to assess why more so than defend it right. at this point. Right, and I get I it. No, I get a, it. Yeah, I think there's a reason why. I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. I mean, at least he pitched. But, you know, it, it uh, the nine pitches thing. I think if he throws 20 pitches in the ninth, we're not having this conversation. But the fact that he threw nine, I think the Orioles stuck the game plan a little too firmly and didn't change when he only threw nine pitches. Uh, okay. I mean, like that. I, I, I can understand that. I, I just can't defend it. Exactly right. That's exactly where we are. I can, yeah. I can listen to the thought process and say that's totally possible that what's going on, but I can't say that I'm okay with it whatsoever. And again, uh, yeah. this separates from all of the other blanket statements. Like, well, you don't want to throw Felix Batista's arm off. Of course, you don't want him yeah. to throw it to it. Of course, we are all in agreement about all of the broad statements. It's that last night and the uniqueness of that circumstance. And it's always the thing I go back to where you're trying to, like, well, you got to save him for the next night. Well, you, you have no idea what's going to happen the next night. Like, you have no clue. Yeah. This, I, I think somebody brought this up about the Philly series where, like, you know, you, you can't put him in there because you need to have him available tomorrow. Well, you might not need him tomorrow. Like, there, yeah. there have been weeks where he has been barely used. I, I just don't yeah. know. I can't operate around well you're definitely going to need him the next two nights I don't know that I, I get it the Orioles play a lot of close games so there's a fair assumption to be made that he's going to be needed most days but I can't operate that way yeah I, I think a lot of it is just like the hey if we're going to throw him two innings I think here's their game plan if we're going to throw Felix a second inning we want that second inning to be closing out a game no matter what and closing out a win I think that's how they see it because, like, we want to know if we're going to burn him for tomorrow and potentially the next day, we need to know we're getting a win. And I think the difference is in a spot like last night, even if Felix comes out there and strikes out the side in the 10th inning, no guarantee of an Orioles win. Sure. So I think that's where the difference is. Again, I would have thrown him. Now, I would have thrown him because he threw nine pitches. I wouldn't have just thrown him out there. Right. 100%. You know, if there was any pitch count. Right. Be specifically because it was nine pitches, I would have thrown him. But, and it's, it's a game plan thing, and I will say, Glenn, like if that happened in a you know wild card series game, like he's throwing the tenth inning, no matter what. Yeah, I but I think that. it's also a, a workload thing. I guess the next question becomes like, if this is your philosophy, then should he have pitched the ninth inning, right? Like that that big, like I I'm I'm gonna lay every level layer of this together. There's no guarantee that you're gonna win if he pitches in the ninth. Should you be saving him for the potential, like you, you know, at the bottom of the uh, the Blue Jays order coming up there in the ninth? Should you be using someone else there with no runner on second base and keeping that bullet in your gun, knowing that if you end up losing, you don't fire it, you still have Felix Batista for the next couple of nights? I think that conversation is actually more interesting than the first one, because the first one at least has an answer of like, this is just the Orioles philosophy, whether you like it or not, this is kind of what they're doing this year. The ninth was interesting because it was nine, one, two, right? With nobody on. So even though you're facing one and two, Whit Merrifield at the top of the order does not scare me like a guy like, Bichette or Bell or Guerrero does. So you could have had a Mike Bauman at least face Kiermaier, Merrifield, and then just hope Bichette doesn't take him deep. And then if he gets into trouble, you could go to Felix. I think the only thing that kept them from using him there was that, okay, you know, we don't use him in the ninth. But 
they had already used all of their trustworthy relievers, right? Like Cano, Webb, and Perez had already pitched. So instead, you're going Bauman in the ninth. And the way he threw last night, I mean, the O's might have just lost the game in the ninth inning anyway. Right. Uh, but that's also an interesting conversation because you'd rather have Felix, the strikeout artist, when there's a runner on second Correct. instead of when there's nobody on base. It makes it easier for Bauman. I think they were just in a weird spot last night, too, because they used Perez for one out. Right. And, you know, the Blue Jays lineup doesn't give a lot of spots for Perez to be used. And then he was burned. And then you use Cano and you use Webb. And you're just kind of sitting there like, we don't trust Fuji. We don't really trust Vespi. And they put themselves in a tough spot. If if the philosophy was, we're only using Felix for one inning here. He is Connor Newcomb, locked on Orioles. He is with us here on GCR. All right, so it's one baseball game. Let's move on to broader topics, right? <laughs> Let's try to do it that way. Um, Connor, I, the offense in general, right? Obviously, in Oakland, the offense comes to life significantly. But if, if you eliminate the Oakland series... They hadn't scored five runs in a game at all on the West Coast trip before that, and they didn't score five runs last night. And I'm not trying to make it so that five runs is the end-all, be-all, but I, I did start to wonder a little bit before the Oakland series if maybe this was a young team hitting a little bit of a wall, guys that haven't been in these situations before. I, I don't know. I don't want to be overdramatic about it because I certainly don't think it's the, the more likely of their problems when they get to the postseason but I, I don't know. Should there be any concern at all about the offense? I think one thing that has really hurt them is Anthony Santander has not been performing and he's not been on the field. And I think that is kind of the number one concern for the O's offense because he's in the three hole every single day. And when you're home run hitter, I mean, he's the, he's their top power hitter, I would say, at least until Mountcastle started to light the world on fire again. When that guy is not producing and now, you know, he misses four games with a back injury. That can hurt your order. Now, I get that Santander wasn't injured before the Oakland series, but he wasn't hitting at all. Like He has not been very good yep. in the month of August. Ryan O'Hearn has not been the first half Ryan O'Hearn. I think that's hurt as well. Now, you don't want to rely everything on your offense on Ryan O'Hearn. He picked up off the scrap heap this offseason. But I think the offense looked solid last night. I mean, they had nine hits. They just didn't come through in a couple of runners in scoring position spots. But they got to Kikuchi, you know, got him out in the fifth, who's been pitching really, really well. They got base runners against the Blue Jays' bullpen. They, they came back and tied the game. I mean, they had a chance to win it there in the ninth as well. I thought the offense looked better last night than it had kind of on that West Coast trip before Oakland. I think number one concern is you need a healthy and producing Santander back in the lineup right now. Um, I think that would be the biggest thing at this point that could give you some sort of boost. You know the other questions that people are asking is how should you use your extra roster spot when we get to September? I... I you know, I, I thought that the hullabaloo based on what John Heyman actually said was nonsense. I, I just don't see any world in which to me I, I have listened to arguments that people have made to me about, hey, look, if Jackson Holiday is one of your 13 best position players and you're playing meaningful games, he should be playing in those games. Like I hear and I understand the thought process, but I I just don't see it. I don't think it makes sense. I don't see a way that he's you can make a decision right now about this being the position that he's playing every I what what say you about that possibility? I think it would take a Gunnar Henderson injury for it to happen. Um, I think if you had a Gunnar Henderson injury, you would call up Joey Ortiz and then Jackson Holiday would be your 14th guy when the rosters expand. Because I don't know if you want to put Ortiz's bat in there every day. You certainly don't want to put Mateo's. So if, you know, God forbid, that would be one of the worst things to happen to this team. Henderson went down. I think that would be the spot. Otherwise, 
I mean, he still hasn't reached AAA. I think the O's are going to want him there. It would be cool, right? If they found some spots to put him up there. But I let's I, ride, I right? It's what I said. Like if if they yeah. do it, I'm not going to scream bloody murder oh, about yeah. it. I'm going to say let's go. But I just don't think it's the correct. I, on on multiple levels, it's kind of spits in the face of everything that you know, like the Orioles have said about how they handle this. It's it's a really weird decision. That being said, I as much as we, I don't want to have to talk about the uh, the New York Times interview. I do wonder if the like open admission that the Orioles probably have no intention of signing guys long term. If it does make you think a little bit more about what the window is for this team. And while a lot of people would say it's five years, if you're not signing guys, then you need to trade them when they have max value. And I'm not I'm not giving that a pass or saying it's acceptable or the way they should do business. It's just very matter of fact for me. If this is how you're going to do things, then to me, you need to trade guys after three years when they have as much value as possible in order to keep this window moving. Then that becomes a three year window. And suddenly, I don't know, maybe that does make me think a little bit more about whether or not you need to try to maximize this as much as possible and consider something extreme. I'm not saying I'm giving it a thumbs up, but I do think it's a factor for me. I think that's a factor from the fan perspective and potentially like the Brandon Hyde and those guys perspective. But actually, from the front office perspective, you could take it the other way and say, okay, if we're not going to extend any of these guys, then, you know, we already have Adley. We have Gunner here on these cheap deals. We have Westberg coming up. We have, you know, these younger guys on the team now. Let's delay Holiday as long as we can. So his seven-year clock starts, yeah. you know, close to when they're thinking about trading these other guys right. to get peak value. So that's that's the flip bad side part of this argument is that that part from John Angelos actually just, maybe delays Holiday's you're, promotion. You're thinking about spreading it out more and having more. Yeah. I, I don't like, know, man. Hey, you know, we're not going to re-sign anyone. So right. let's wait for Holiday until 2025 so we can get seven years out of him and have him for a good amount when we trade Gunner and Adley. What a, it's what a sad, bad, but what's a sad conversation for us to be having. God, yeah, it's such no, a sad conversation, conversation man. Oh, it's brutal. It's just utterly and completely brutal. Um, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to do my best to kind of block all of that out and not think about it in the moment. Would you bring up Kerstad? I would. Um, I'm torn on whether he will be the extra man, the 14th man. Um, I think right now it'll be Kowser getting another shot just because they've already brought him up and he's more defensively versatile, at least a better outfielder than, than Heston Kerstad is. The one thing that would make me bring up Kerstad is if Ryan O'Hearn really fell into a slump. I think you would need that kind of power-hitting left-handed bat who gets himself on base. O'Hearn's not slumping per se yet, but he's certainly not producing well, like he it, was. I mean, right, but if, I mean, if you add that in with Santander, right? If Santander doesn't snap out of this. That's true, yeah. Right? Like, I I, I don't think Mount – look, I don't think Mount Castle can be expected to carry the load forever, although, I don't know, maybe he can. <laughs> um, it's been a hell of a month. I, 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 I Right? Like, Because it was my thought, too, is like, wh- where are the at-bats coming from? Well, right now, yeah. I don't – how many guys definitively have to be getting at bats in this moment? Adley, Gunner, Santander, you would hope. I hope. Um, I hope. Yeah, you would hope. And Cedric Mullins, you would hope. That's right. kind of where we're at. And, right and more so, Cedric Mullins has to be playing center field every day. So, like, yes. you know, because of that, he has to be getting at bats. Because I get it. Like, the offense has been, unfortunately, from where he was at the beginning of the season, it has not been right either time that he's returned. But, um, you know, he still, you have to have him in center field. You have to. You don't have a choice. He's got to be playing yeah. center field because of what he offers there. 
Um, yeah, and that's where I am. So I don't know. The Kerstad thing isn't crazy to me. I get the point that you make about Kowser, right? Like, he's been here. He's part of your plans. And there's still a more complicated conversation to be had about, like, if you think he's an everyday player next year, well, then who's going? Are you just are you doing everything in your power to, to ship off Austin Hayes this offseason and see what you can get for him? Like, I, there's something else that you need to see there. But I don't know. I, I feel like there might they just might need to be one more bopper at this point if you can find one. And I don't know if Kerstad can do that, but I'm willing to have the conversation. Um, I, I guess when we started talking, I did not see that uh, Jack Flaherty is not pitching tonight. Uh, Dean Kramer instead is going to get the start this evening, and they now have Thursday listed as TBA. So I don't know what's going on there. I've been saying it a lot, Connor. Like this is it's a bigger concern now about what's going on with Jack Flaherty, but. I, it, like every time Kyle Bradish or Grayson Rodriguez pitches well, I'm very excited. But I'm very excited. Like the macro versus micro is very difficult for me because I keep coming back to I don't know if these guys are going to be able to withstand all of this and still be pitching brilliantly into October given what their limits are. And the guys that are mercenaries, the guys that we know have the innings in them, have been getting their asses kicked of late. And that, as while it doesn't matter long-term for the Orioles, to me, like anything that they could accomplish this season, it feels to me like it has to involve significantly better stuff from both Gibson and Flaherty because they're the guys that I know, and I say that, said that not knowing what's going on right now with Flaherty, but they're the guys that otherwise I know have the innings in them for October. Yeah, you kind of have to lean on those guys, right? And, and I think, Glenn, like who could be the saving grace, honestly, is Cole Irvin. Because you know you can lean on him for innings too. And he's been pitching much better than those two guys. So he might be the saving grace. I will say about the Flaherty thing, like we haven't heard anything besides they've scratched him. Dean Kramer will start. Kramer's still going to be on regular rest because obviously they're doing the six-man rotation. So it won't be too much of an issue. When you make that decision the day of, there's not a lot of times where it's not either an injury or some sort of situation where he has to be away from the team. Yep. So... That's not like, a, oh, you know what? Let's give him an yes. extra day. They yeah. would have decided that on Sunday or Monday. We're giving him an extra day. So that's a little concerning. Not that he's been amazing, but again, he's a guy who's thrown innings. He's a guy who's pitched in the playoffs. I would like to have him down the stretch in this rotation. So that's certainly something to monitor. But yeah, I mean, Cole Irvin might be the guy who has to, you know, after, after all the turmoil of his season, kind of save this team down the stretch and save this rotation. That's a weird, what a weird world. But that you're right. I mean, it's certainly going to be a difference if uh, if he can continue to pitch well. All right, man. Uh, you want to remind everybody about Locked On Orioles? Yeah, Locked On Orioles podcast. Get it wherever you get your pods. We're also on YouTube. Uh, we are five days a week. Um, you know, as long as John Angelos doesn't try to shut the whole thing down, mm-hmm. um, we will continue producing Orioles content. All right, buddy. Uh, remind me, what about on Twitter? Where they can follow you and the podcast? Uh, at Locked on Orioles on Twitter, at Connor Newcomb underscore on Twitter as well. Um, again, until John Angelos tries to uh, get me off the internet. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Appreciate it, man. Let's do it again, all right? Thank you. It's Connor Newcomb with us via Zoom. You could see his beautiful f- I couldn't. I, I don't have that option of seeing his beautiful face. But uh, the rest of you, if you're watching uh, this on Facebook or YouTube, will be able to see his beautiful face. And uh, we are imploring uh, Griffin to have more Zoom uh, guests moving forward so that we will have more video interaction and there'll be more reason for you to watch the program if you would be so inclined. Um, oh, I should have had like Connor do a dance or something like that so that, of course, again, I couldn't. We got to figure yeah, out no, a way to too so a, I can see it. A monitor, I guess, or something. Well, we could put it up on that, couldn't we? 
Is oh yeah, just to... what? Just play YouTube? Yeah, it? right. We could probably I guess do we that. Could, we could do that. Although it would It'd be, be a delay. It would, yeah, that's the problem. It yeah. wouldn't really work. Could I also be on the Zoom call? Could I? Yeah. I could do that, right? I think so. Yeah. Like just so I could watch. I could also I set up so. a um, you know, like an iPad right here. Yeah. And I could also be on the Zoom call at that point. I'd probably have to do another account. I, what? What? Where? Right. Yeah. <laughs> But we can do that. I think so, yeah. We're, we're, we're just going to continue. We're emails. looking to continue improving. This yeah. is the point. We're going to look to continue to get it back. It took us way too long to bring it back and reintroduce it to the program, but I'm glad it's back. All right, when we come back in, we will dive into Would You Rather Wednesday as the scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio for you to check them out and uh, get your responses in. Somebody's going to win a T-shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports. We'll dive into it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glenn clark 23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland. Maryland5star.us for tickets. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd, as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. 
Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right. Uh, let's get into Would You Rather. Oh, you know what? We actually have to deal with something. Can you, like, call Andrew Steck on your cell phone, please, really quickly, and see if he picks up? I think he's probably at work, so it's not going to work. But we need to deal with this. <sighs> For those that don't know, our, our annual picks contest returns tomorrow. We make our first picks of the season. Very simple. We're going to pick. There's there's three college football games this weekend that involve um, power, whatever you want to call it now, power four, power four, power five conference teams. Um, and we're, we wouldn't be picking this week if Navy wasn't involved. Like if Navy wasn't playing Notre Dame this week, we'd just skip week zero and we'd start next week. But because Navy is playing this week, we're going to use this week. So we had to, to move things along a little bit quicker and get everything nailed down to do picks. So we've got, I, I laid it out yesterday, although I might be adding one small thing. I There was some controversy when I reached out to our friend Tim and Belair. I said, uh, how would you feel about preparing tripe and blood sausage for next year's loser? He responds, sure, because of course he does. Because Tim and Belair, he's the best. I, I love Tim. I, I can't even explain it. Then he follows up, although both are tasty. And I say, what? <laughs> what? So. Really, though? Can you think of a grosser Irish dish? He says, haggis. I said, I thought haggis was Scottish. He says, it is. <laughs> What's the Irish angle? So then I explained to him the Dublin mm. thing and the Alex Collins right. thing. Sinead O'Connor passed away, the whole thing. And then I said, well, if you want, we could make it an Irish-Scottish combination. So we could just... for. Like, if no we reason. just don't, we could just add haggis to the list if he feels like preparing haggis as well. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And since everybody already said they were in, I'm kind of not opposed to just doing it. So I might, I might make that, I might let you talk to Tim and just definitively, does he, if, if for fun he wants to make haggis too, then we add haggis to the list. Okay. All right. All right. But that's, get that answer from him. That's, okay. that's a him question. Glenn just says, do you want for fun to also prepare haggis? Because what he said later was, Looking at the way Irish prepare tripe, it will not be good. And will smell like a wet dog. Oh, God. I, and, and Winner! Then, Winner! Anyway. That's what we're looking for. That's why we really need... And their version of blood sausage is apparently more gelatinous. I got this, he says. So he is suggesting that we would be okay. It would be plenty gross if we just do tripe and uh, blood sausage... Because the preparation will be grosser and not as tasty as he claims. And, dude, he's tried everything. Yeah. Like, you know, he's a weirdo <laughs> like that. Like, when, when I suggested we we're going to do bull balls, he was like, dude, I've always wanted to do bull balls. <laughs> What's wrong with you? 
is wrong with you? But talk to him today. Why, does it, why doesn't he play, Tim? Tim? Yeah. Not because we need him to be the okay. neutral. neutral. We need okay, okay. Because if he lost, then how was he going to do? Like prepare yeah. a delicious tripe. Right, right. Okay, like, fair. That's fair. We That's need fair. the neutral party. That makes we sense. Need, that he makes almost sense. becomes like the referee in these situations. He's, and he's going to try it anyway, so yeah. Correct, yeah. right? Like, So we kind of need Tim for those reasons. Fair. That's fair. But follow up with him. Say, do you, would, just say, Glenn wants to know if you, would lo- if you want to make hay, if that's something that he would want to make. Because if he does, then the hell with it. We're doing an Irish and Scottish thing. Okay. And just deal with it. That's what it's going to be. So I send it out to all the boys yesterday, right? <laughs> Brian Powell quit this years ago. I don't know why. I've never gotten an answer to why he quit our picks league. He just very, like, I got to the point where I didn't want to talk to him about it anymore. Like, when I said why, he just was like, no F you. And I was like, all right, all right, all right Brian, as long as he continues to contribute to our charitable uh, organ, I, I don't care. I'm not going to fight him about it. It's you, what it is. How do you spell haddish? Or it, haggis. 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 That was way Things off. Things were preparing Tiffany haddish. Yeah, I was way off. I was way off. They're going to bring in a lovely a comedian to hang out with us. What a punishment that will be. Haggis. H-A-G-G-I-S. Okay. Got it. Got it. Because if he wants to, if he was like, excited about the idea of preparing Haggis, then like we can, we'll do all three. Like We'll just make it a nice big Irish-Scottish breakfast that day. So I, I, I included it. I just asked him if he wanted back in. No. But everybody else, all the other boys, Paul, Paul Valley, host of the bat around, back in. Back in the fold. Barely involved with this show, but back in the fold. He does host here on Saturdays. Love Paul. Handsome man, too. So he's got that going for him. Kyle Ottenheimer, back in. Said, no problem. He, he wants me to tell him that I, he's prettier than Griffin. It's a weird thing. You're not calling him handsome like Paul. Shows a, well, Paul's, Paul's a special type of handsome. <laughs> Paul's, Kyle is a, is a tall drink of water and yeah. has, the, has the golden pipes. And I'm not saying he's not a, a good-looking fella, but like... I'm just saying that Paul is a different level of handsome. No offense to everybody else. Paul's your more classically handsome. He'd be like stereotypical Barbie, right? Like if yeah, we were watching. Yeah. By the way, I don't think I even talked about. It. I saw the Barbie movie. Congrats. Um, I it, I had a couple of problems with it, but I largely I largely problems. enjoyed it. Well, I mean, there's some continuity issues there, like the big. Uh, I mean, the big. I'm like the way that they all come, all the Kens come together and sing the song, and it just that that should have been later. You like thought, you, you shouldn't have so? gone right from that to him still not being confused about himself. Like that should have been a triumphant moment for for Ken. Okay, it, it was just yeah. a con- it was a continuity problem. It was really a beautiful song. Also, a big huge problem in my movie theater. Not everyone sang along with Push by Matchbox Twenty. I don't understand. I looked at when they brought it back the second time. I looked at my wife and my friend. And I said, "We're all going to sing along, right?" Like the whole. Cause by the way, still a month and a half later, packed. The movie theater totally packed. Yeah, still. Barbie's killing it there. I mean, still, we had like, to sit in the front row. Still, my mom, a month and a half later, my mom and sister went to see it again over the weekend, and they like dressed up in pink. Oh my and everything. god, like, everyone yeah, in the theater. It's still. They need to. Every, it's been out for like six weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I thought that at that point, like I figured everybody in the movie theater has seen it by now, and I was like, so we're all gonna like this is the point where we all sing along, right? <laughs> like, and so I started belting it out, and I was the only one. I don't even like Matchbox 20 is the funny part, which is why it was such a perfect choice for that scene. Anyway, the moral of the story being, so I, uh, I, I asked Kyle, yeah, stereotypical Barbie Paul. I asked Kyle. Kyle's in. Again, he's like, am I prettier than Griffin? I'm like, hey, Kyle, come on. Come on, bud. I love you. Like, settle down. Which is, which is weird because 
We're now on like producer four because Ryan Chell's yeah. also here. <laughs> Ryan has decided to get in this year. He's in for the yeah. picks contest. Uh, of course, um, our friend John Proctor obviously is in for the picks contest. And Ken Zalis is, of course, in for the picks contest, right? So we got we got the, the good group. Obviously, I'm in for the picks contest. And Griffin's in for the picks contest. Yeah. Do I, did I have a choice, I guess? No. Okay. You most certainly did. You want to be a part of the show or not? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And so, um, you know, the star of the show now, the, the baby face, <laughs> I send it to the whole group. And I get back from one Andrew Stecka. Just blast I, I am, from it. Blast I, am, I, am, really. I, am, I am still not okay with this response. Andrew Stecka responds with a gif that says, sadly, I am out. Now, what I wanted to say was, I hope you die. <laughs> I hope you drive your car directly off a cliff out there in Arizona and we never hear from you again. Jeez. But I didn't yeah. say that. And okay. I want to say, say that. that's progress. <laughs> All right? That shows my growth as a person. That instead, I simply said, what? So I said, I'm going to need a detailed PowerPoint presentation from you in order to let you out. Um, all he ends up telling us is, clearly, I can't keep up with you all anyhow. I truly am just not paying enough attention anymore to not just end up being the punching bag, which I also know is welcome. He had a betting segment on our show last year. He did. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing we did. I don't know how well that went either, but it's a whole... I don't know if you noticed, that show was canceled. Not sure if you remember. <laughs> we, got the, we got the old pink slip from, uh, from those folks. They said, thanks, but we're good. <laughs> oh. And with that in mind, remember, I am exclusively a Superbook man. That's what everybody always says about me. My kids walk in, they say, Dad, you're a working man and a Superbook man. And I say, that's right. That's right, son. I won't tell you otherwise. I want you to tell that to everybody you know. My dad, he's a Superbook man. <laughs> and you should be too. Uh, moral of the story being, I have decided at the moment that I'm not letting him out. <laughs> I am not releasing him from his contract. I will not allow him to tra- you gotta you gotta allow someone to transfer to another school. That's the way that it works. And there's always some rules like you can't transfer within the conference, you can't transfer within the state. There needs I'm, to be a buffer year, we have to prepare. Uh, all of these at things. Least. I'm saying I am not going to allow Andrew Stecka out of his contract. Now, the problem being he still has to like, you know, send in picks. And if he doesn't send in picks, I don't know what we do about that. I don't know if we just give him an 0 and three. He'd probably be yeah, I mean that's probably right? what it is. But like it, if, here are the issues. And this is why, this is why I want to address it like, with him. Is because, like, this is nonsense. Have somebody else make your picks. I'm reasonably certain that Kyle Ottenheimer's had his brother make his picks for the last <laughs> 15 years. I'm almost certain that Kyle Ottenheimer has never made an original selection in this game. And they've all been made. And you know what? I don't care. It's the game. Your brother isn't. No one knows who's going to win the games. Especially because we use, you know, the point spread. No one knows. This notion, well, I don't follow it anymore. Steck is trying to do that. All I care about anymore is stupid. The, what's the team that he likes so bad? The, the Spurs. I just care about oh, yeah, the Spurs. Gonna go I care Spurs. about real football. Yeah, right? Like that's, that's, that's all I care about in life. Everything else, go F yourselves. I'm a soccer man and a baseball man and nothing else. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell. I know that on, when there's a Sunday night football game this year, I'm going to look at Twitter, and Andrew Steck is going to be tweeting about the Sunday night football game this year. It's nonsense. It's just nonsense. And again, and none of us follow college football. None of us. At all. 
I mean, like beyond. I think Ken likes Miami. I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole. Don't don't. I don't. It's gonna make me angry if I talk about so it. Kyle Kyle likes Michigan, right? Is that no? Kyle likes Michigan. Yes. Okay. Um. I I like Maryland and Navy. Like I like both of those teams, but I don't even get to watch the games because I'm working on Saturdays. I have soccer. I'm the soccer. Andrew Stecker thinks he's the soccer guy. I'm working soccer constantly. I don't get to watch games anymore. It sucks. I hate it. I appreciate the jobs. I love being at Loyola. I want to make that abundantly clear. But I am a college football fan, and I'm sad that I don't get to watch college football the way that I once did. By the way, other thing, my wife and my uh, my old roommate are apparently taking me on some like 40th birthday adventure, and they're making me block off September 2nd. It's like the best day of the year. Yeah. I don't have a game that day. I could be sitting around watching college football and the U.S. Open, and they – God bless them. They'll probably do something very nice. I don't know what it'll be, but like I don't – I don't know how to say to them, like, not that day. Maybe they're taking you to college game day. That, where, where would it be is that week? In Alabama, Is in Charlotte, I think? Is, is it, it for the opening? I don't, the... Think, I don't think that's where they're taking me. I guarantee <laughs> My wife and my old roommate have no idea what any of that is. They're not taking you to Tuscaloosa? They don't know what any of that means. <laughs> not a chance. Like I, they, And there's no clue. Because the, the magic part would be what I would really want is for, to go to New York. That would be the bit, right? They yeah. could call my other best friend. We could all go watch ten. There's zero chance. No chance. Well, we can hold out some hope. And again, right? I'm yeah. sure whatever they do will be very nice. I'm sure it'll be very thoughtful. The whole thing. I'm not. I'm trying not to be that guy. I'm trying not to. Because like I, I just didn't know how to say that to them. I was like, that's not the day. They presented it to me like, don't do anything on the second. I'm like, the thing about the second is, it's like one of the best days of the year. It is good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Can somebody else text them? Could somebody else send my wife a text like, hey, I don't know if you planned anything, but Glenn, you know, is a huge tennis fan. And if you're going to make him block off that day. He's going to be. Ma- maybe, maybe, <laughs> like, just drive to New York so he can watch tennis. That's what he would want to do. What if they take you to New York and, like. Not tennis. Yeah, not tennis. <laughs> Would it go shopping? Yeah. They take you to like the Fordham football game or something. Here's the Holland Tunnel. Yeah. Ryan, you've you've never done anything for me. <laughs> you've never done anything for me. This is true. Are you gonna get a great guest for tomorrow's show? What do you have lined up? Nothing. Oh, you have the, nothing? I told uh, you to book the show. No, you told me to book one guest. That's fine. <laughs> it's one. It'll be fine. We'll fill out the rest. Book something good tomorrow. But since you've not done that for me, I need you to figure out a way to text my wife <laughs> and say Hey. Glenn was talking on the show today. I don't know if you've thought about this. I don't know what your plans are. But like, to find a way to make it seem like I'm not saying it, and just something like that, all right? I'll promise her Junior Mints. It's off the conversation. She would love that. Yeah. She would love Junior Mints. Tim said uh, Haggis, uh, Blood Slushes, and Tripe. We're doing all three. Confirmed. All right, yes. so tell all the other boys. That, that, okay. Tell all the boys that it's Tim. Tim wants us to do Haggis, too. Okay. So even though it's not part of the theme, we're doing it anyway. And it's not a question. It's just we're informing them all. Okay. Nobody follows college football any longer, Andrew. I love you. I love you to death. I, 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 would, I would hug you and squeeze you, and you could, we could be, I'll even be the little spoon if you prefer. I will spoon with you every night. But you're not out. I can't allow that. You're the baby face. We now need you to have your WrestleMania moment. We need you to be the one that wins the league. Or, or you can be the Miz. You can continuously be the punching bag, and that's good content too. 
if you are not planning on coming home. It's if unbelievable that, content. And right? that's I the mean, if Andrew, if the issue was that he wasn't planning on coming home next summer, then fine, tell us that. And as John Proctor suggested, we now have Zoom working. Yeah, we'll send we Tim can, and Belair out there. We can we can make it happen. <sighs> or just take the show on the road. Go do the show from Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> the Orioles are playing. They're playing the Diamondbacks this year. That's the bummer. Damn it. Like this would have been the year to do that. Is there a reason why we could go to Arizona next summer? I never want to be in Arizona this summer. It sucks. It's yeah. hot as balls. It's I don't know. awful. Go to the, what? I don't think the uh, Arizona the State's not joining the, the the Big Ten like everybody else is. For uh, oh, you want to go out for the right for some golf tournament? I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, John from Little Rock. John from Little Rock. Haggis is great. Of course I it is. Bet it isn't. John, you know I love you too. John, do you want it on picks? John's somebody that should have been on it. Why is John never? Been? But he actually follows college football. So he's going to destroy he's us. An, he's an SEC country. He's going he's gonna, to right? he's gonna like, hustle all of us. Because he actually kind of knows. And he's always getting on us about yeah. our college football I can't picks. believe you picked. He always does. <laughs> John, do you want in the league? You've never. I, why has John never been in? Well, I don't know. John normally comes home, right? Doesn't he? Yeah, he comes home. He came home last year over Thanksgiving, right? Was that what that was? Uh, he was here. I remember him being here. He was home, I think, a couple of times. Because I did go out. I went, we went, he came in studio. We went yeah. out to Glory Days. John, you want in the league? We want you in the league. We'd like to have you join, but it's not letting Andrew Steck out. We're not doing that. That part. So he's going to beat us. Plus, even if he somehow loses, he'd enjoy the punishment. Yeah, he's like, oh, he did say tripe is rough. I said, okay. all right, right, all right. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. He's human. This is what we're looking forward to. Plus, yesterday when you offered the spot in the league to me, you basically were like, oh yeah, Stetka's going to lose. And right. then literally an hour later, I find out that Stetka's no, I just said, not, I'm not letting. Able- I'm not letting Stetka out of the league. I have not. I have not signed his release. That is not. I am not granting him. His, his waiver. I'm not doing that. Until he presents a legitimate argument. If there's something legitimate, I, I get it. I let Brian out of the league way too easily. Fine. That's on me. But Andrew, needs to, present, Andrew needs to present something legitimate about why it is. I don't have $25. And, and, I mean, that's a different conversation. <laughs> I, I'll, I'd even front him the money. <laughs> the content is what matters. And it one of two things happens. Either he continues to be... The, the, the punching bag, as he pointed out, or he gets to have his baby face moment. He gets to have his WrestleMania moment. And that's that's good too. All of that is good content. So I'm not I'm not I'm not allowing it. And <laughs> we need I need to hear from him. I need to have a whole thing. Because you gotta send out the games today. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, tonight? Uh, is that when you send yes, them out? Tonight. 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 Three games. Tonight. Uh, USC plays somebody, that'll be one of the games. And uh I think Hawaii's playing, right? No. Hawaii Vanderbilt, I yes. think, is the other game. Of course game. we'll do it. That yeah. involves, which is irrelevant, as irrelevant <laughs> gets. But it's the only other game involving a power conference team this weekend. We could just pick a random, like a more random do one. Do one of the FCS Eastern games? Michigan. No, 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 no. What? No, no. Do a, D3 a lot of, a lot of those something? don't have odds yeah. until like the day yeah, before. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Very good. Very good. Now, let's get into Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. One of you is winning. If you have not seen the Guns and Hoses shirt, that they have now available, celebrating the Orioles' young superstar and, of course, the Homer hose in the logo of the band Guns N' Roses. It is perfection, and you can win it. You can win it just by participating in Would You Rather Wednesday. That's all you got to do. Get in. Get a response in, and you can be the winner of that shirt or another shirt of your choosing from Birdland Sports. Number, oh, hello. Number one, Would You Rather. 
The Baltimore Orioles use their extra roster spot in September on Jackson Holiday or on something somewhat less exciting, like, say, the return of Kyle Stowers. Mm. Um, man, I, 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 just because I don't think, I mean, as good as he's been, I still don't think Jackson Holiday is like, I mean, I guess he's, I guess he'd be ready. I, I don't know how to, like, that, like, I'm, I, I just don't want that to, I guess, ruin any of his development if he does come up here and struggle and then he's got to spend a majority, I mean, maybe not even a majority, but half of next season at AAA trying to, and, and maybe even struggles then. I just feel like, there's a lot of things that that could mess up calling up Holiday too early. Again, like you said, I mean, it, one, if they did call him up, like I'm not gonna be disappointed in any way. Like it's gonna be like, all right, he's here. Let's let let's let's go. But and and then and then also to the point that you and Connor were, were just talking about in in service time. Like if if we're not uh, they would, back, they would have ways they could go about they trying go. to. I mean, they would just they could if they wanted to just say, well, we're not gonna put him on the roster to start next year. But also the the new rules. Like if you think he's gonna be rookie of the year next year anyway, then kind of that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like that is the reality anymore. Um, I I still, th- I I still I think I would lean. I, I don't know why I don't know why I want to call it the safer option, but I guess you know bringing Stowers back. I don't know. I you know what? Screw it. Yeah, go All holiday. Right. Go holiday. All right, very good, Ryan. <laughs> I think I think Kyle Stowers deserves another chance on this team. Okay. I think you, dynamite I- observation. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> they don't call him the best color analyst in baseball for nothing, folks. Um, it, the answer is Stowers. I, and it's a difficult thing, right? Because it's not exciting, it's not sexy, but the answer is Stowers. And he has performed well this year, and, you know, it, at some point you do have to figure out, like, if, can he be a part of this whole thing? Like, you do have to get an answer to that. You didn't get a definitive answer on that based on what he did a year ago. So you do have to do that. Now, I'm not saying that one month will give you that definitive answer either, but probably gives you more of a reason to say, hey, we don't need to have Ryan McKenna on the roster next year or we don't need to sign a veteran outfielder next year or something. Like, he can be – we have a fourth outfielder and someone that maybe could be a long-term answer, too. Um, it's not sexy, but the answer is Stowers. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I, – I, 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 I thought about mad. it more. Like, if, if the flip side was a third catcher, right? Like, if mm, the flip side yeah. – because I am opposed to it being holiday, but not for that. Like, I don't I – don't, I'm no longer the guy – if you if, – if coming up and struggling – damages you so much that it changes who you are, then you probably were never going to be that guy anyway. And I, and I mean that. Like, I've come around on that a little bit. Um, like, Grayson Rodriguez came up and struggled. And it's okay. Like, you know, got, got, it just feels... Gunner, Gunner did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he didn't get sent back down, though, Gunner. Right, right. Like, he stayed here and worked his way through his struggles. I Other just, guys I have had to be sent I'm back down. I'm just worried it could end up going really, really poorly, I guess. And they, they play, the way they handled Adley, the way they handled Gunner, I think, was really, like, they did pretty well. Like, like uh, you know, slow, kind of slow rolling them until until they got to the majors, and they were here to stay. So, okay. The question that's is. That's why. But still, I think that I'd still, I'd rather see him. The than question is, will Hyde play Stowers against lefties? No. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. All right. Uh, number two, would you rather? You can have a healthy Marlon Humphrey by, back by week one. Okay. Yeah. And a guarantee that he stays healthy all season long. Or no guarantees regarding Marlon Humphrey, but all three of the Ravens' top wide receivers mm. will stay healthy enough this season to play at least 15 games. They're so thin at cornerback that I think you have. One cornerback greater than sign, <laughs> three wide receivers? Yes. Yes. Like, 
I mean, it would. I mean, it would just. It would fit. You know, all the things that we say about Ravens wide receivers. If one of them does get hurt and struggles and is not themselves, but like for the first time ever, it feels like we have depth at wide receiver. Like no one's excited about Nelson Aguilar, but like he could be probably yeah, be not, a solid. I'm, I'm not. We're, you're not. You're not getting. You're not selling me on. But everybody's so hot and bothered about Tylon Wallace sticking on this team too. I'm like. I, People don't want him to? Or? No, they, 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 have, they need to keep six wide receivers to keep yeah. Tylon Wallace on the team. And I'm like, okay, guys, sure. you, can, like, you, you can be the ones I mean, fighting for it because you watch the preseason games. And so, like you again, you want them to matter because you I like Tylon Wallace coming out of the draft, and then he hasn't done I, anything. I, I'm not saying I hate Tylon Wallace or yeah. don't think that he could be a player. I'm just I'm gonna not, I'm not going to care whether Tylon Wallace is on this team or not. It's not going to affect me in any way. Like, if they think that Laquan Treadwell is better than Tylon Wallace, then keep Laquan. If they think that Dante Demas is better than Tylon Wallace, keep Dante Demas. I just, you can't get me to get hot and bothered. I've Nothing that I've seen from Tylon Wallace has made me say, that guy is definitely special. I liked him, too. I, and I should he have gotten more opportunities? I guess. But I just can't. You can't get me to care. You can't get me to think that that's going to make a difference of any sort. I'm going Marlon. Uh, I mean, he, uh, if I Marlon's here for all 17 games, and, I understand and he's the Humphrey, argument. Then, uh, I understand the I guess argument. he needs that a lot. Ryan, uh, I think it's a no-brainer too. I think it's Marlon. I mean, given the fact that you're looking at this Ravens offense, it's going to run through Mark Andrews anyway. Like, I feel like you can have all three of those receivers, you know, kind of go in and out throughout the season, have their moments. Marlon has to be here for for 17 games. And and it, and it seems like if you look at the the free agent market out there, or like guys that are available via trade or whatever, you're you're gonna be able to find a receiver if those guys get hurt. I don't think no, you're, you're not. You're, Stop. Well, not well. I mean, no, not, you're not. The the the, the, cor- Stop it. the cornerback market is thinner than the wide receiver market. I, I maybe, but like you're not. Who is it that you think you're getting at wide receiver? Well, I think you can. I think it, like they. No, you're getting doing what the Ravens have always done at well, wide that's receiver. A, that's, like, that's, that, a, but that's, that's not good. You can That doesn't help. Demarcus Robinson. We've been through right, this. Right. <laughs> You're getting Demarcus Robinson. That's what you're getting. What's Willie Sneed doing these days? God, <laughs> like that's that. Your argument is well taken, but that part of it is irrelevant. You're not you're not replacing one of those guys. Um, this one is difficult for me actually. This one is difficult, and I as I expected, it's it's been very split. Um, it I I understand that the 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 thin nature of coin. If you were telling me that Marlon Humphrey was going to be out for the season, well then yeah, I mean obviously, like Jesus Christ, there's just no way. But all this is is a guarantee he's back by week one. Otherwise, I can roll the dice that he's going to be there. And a promise that you're – I keep coming back to, like, what is this team's path to success this year? And I don't know that it's having an overwhelming defense. I think this team's path to success is the offense rising to a level where they can win – put them on the field and they're going to win the games. And so because of that, I think there's a strong argument for what makes this offense wildly different is if teams can't pay as much attention to Mark Andrews and to Lamar Jackson running the ball because you've got all of these receivers on the field and they're all contributing and they're all making a difference. And so while it's difficult for me because, like, in a vacuum, who's the most important player? Of course, of this group, it's Marlon Humphrey. There's no debate about it. But to say all of those guys are on the field and the most likely scenario is I'm still going to get a bunch of Marlon Humphrey this season, right? Like... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take. I think I'm gonna. But when you can that. guarantee, I, well, I just, hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Guaranteeing total. And you still need entire, you still need a serviceable defense I, for success this I, season. But I don't know that it just become. I don't know that that one player means the entire defense becomes the worst defense in football history. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Kevon Seymour is gonna be our starting corner. Griffin, I understand every everything. Game. I understand everything you're saying. 
but you're making it seem like one player is the difference between having a what top 15 defense versus a a 27th defense. I think Marlon helps a lot with that. I mean, I if he's able to neutralize a Jamar Chase, a lot. like I don't disagree that he helps a lot. You're saying we're saying two different things though. Like just, I can just look and, at the rest of the division too. <laughs> With their, with their passing games. Right, and I don't know that you're going to be able to beat that with one cornerback. I think the way that you're going to beat that is by You're not going to beat it with zero teams. cornerbacks. I, what I'm saying is I think the answer, either way, is you're going to have to outscore those teams. That yeah, Marlon I mean, Humphrey alone is not going to be enough to shut down Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. The way you beat that is by outscoring them. To me. And to I, me, and I feel like, outside, and I would rather have Marlon be, Humphrey on the field too well, to try yeah. to at least neutralize I, one I, of those guys. Would you rather, Glenn? Yeah, I understand that, but my scenario doesn't say that Marlon Humphrey can't be on the field. Yeah, but it I just mean, says it I'm not getting seems... a guarantee. And the other scenario guarantees. Uh, I guess. Me, I guess just that second scenario makes me think that foot lingers or something. And I'm not. Didn't say any of those things. I, I know, all I, know, I said I know. was. But uh, then the you know, no the can of worms opens, and I I understand where you're. I can get from. a guarantee that Marlon's here every week. I like that. So. Um. All right, fine. And number three, <laughs> we got to move on. Number three, would you rather? Football genie. Actually, in this case, it's just a sportsy genie. I love football genie. It's not a football genie. No, it's a sportsy okay, genie. Sports Baltimore sports genie. Baltimore sports genie offers you a deal. See if I like him. You can have either one that you want, an Orioles World Series title or a Ravens Super Bowl title this uh, year. Both. No. I knew you would try it. If you drink a Will Levis-style Coffee and mayo. It'd have to be Hellman's now because he's got that deal with Hellman's. <laughs> Every morning for the next year, 365 oh, days of coffee and mayonnaise. Every morning, but it guarantees you whichever you want. Or is, nah, I take. This my is chances. easy. I will take my chances because in the, the second scenario, both teams can win the Super Bowl they, or win win well, the. Yeah, they definitely yeah. couldn't both win the Super Bowl. But I hear what you're saying. <laughs> or neither of them could. A, win. a good question would just be who would you rather the Orioles or the Ravens? No, win? that's a dumb question <laughs> because it's just who who do you like more? That's yeah, stupid. That's yeah. not a good question. It's well, it, it's the opposite of I, that. I don't. It's like you're not good at it's this. It's like picking it's my children. You know, but you don't have to pick. You're getting one. <laughs> you're guaranteeing one. I guess an Orioles World Series would be my pick. I understand that, but you have to do the Will Levis thing in order to get it. Uh, no, I'll take my chances. I'm not doing the, the coffee mayo. I mean, Ryan, like, if uh, if I lose the picks, the pick segment, can I actually drink that? It's so funny you bring that up. Oh, I'll come back to no. it. I'll come back to it because you guys clearly missed the part where I said I was adding something. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Did I just kill your bit? Did, <laughs> no, am I the no, no, it's okay yeah. because we're right when I was going to say it. Irish it's going to be related to it. It's exactly right. Great. Um, uh, to answer my yeah. to, to, for your to answer the question, yes, I would drink that to have an Orioles. So for an World. Orioles World Series, yes. I, yes, and I don't like coffee. That's the hilarious. I don't even like coffee plain. I, I hate it. Instead of two times on the toilet, the every idea day, have to do three. Like, <laughs> we'll live. The Orioles won the World Series, bro. We'd have to install I would a toilet do like right over there, like right as Glenn sitting in his chair. Just about anything. For an Orioles World Series title, <sighs> yes, I will. I, I will drink this abomination every day. I hate myself. I don't. I want to be dead. I'll do it every day. I guess I'm not a real fan. Every day. I, <laughs> and yes, as I was alluding to, the what we are adding <laughs> to go with your Irish breakfast, you will also have an Irish coffee. Your Irish Scottish breakfast. Yeah, settle down. We're just calling it an Irish breakfast. Yeah. We're gonna see if anybody notices. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Haggis Scottish? No. <laughs> You're stupid. Um, also, they would prove that they're not listening to the show. So f them. Go with your Irish breakfast. We topped off by an Irish coffee, Will Levis style. You will enjoy a delicious Irish coffee. If you're not a drinker, we can deal with that. I don't know. We'll just 
Is there a non-alcoholic Bailey's? Is there a uh, is there a way to so well, cream? Yeah, I mean, but like, is there a way that like it adds some sort of like spi- like a spice cream of some sort? Can't you get like, like those like the there, there's all those sugared like creams or whatever? I, I understand. Okay, it, whatever. We'll figure it out if for some reason the person can't drink for whatever. But like just for the day, I don't drink, but I'll do it for the day. An Irish coffee, Will Levis style, Irish coffee and mayo is the final is the. The, the the piece that caps it all off. Yeah, it looks like you just throw heavy whipping cream in there, and that's nah. It needs to it needs to be it needs to be spiced in some sort of way. We'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure we'll, it out. We'll figure it out. We're doing an Irish coffee, Irish coffee with mayo. That is the final piece Ugh. of the uh, the Irish breakfast I, for our loser. I do not. So again, recapping the total penalty for the loser. <laughs> I one. Not, I don't want to lose. One. You dress like the Notre Dame mascot. That's that might be the worst one. Two. You perform. That's the worst. Nothing part. compares to you. Oh. By Sinead O'Connor. And Zombie by the Cranberries. <laughs> zombie. Exactly zombie. right. That's what I'm looking forward to. Zombie. Eh, eh. Three. You and have to take dance. an Irish dance lesson and then perform said Irish dance here in studio. And four, you enjoy an Irish Scottish breakfast of tripe. Blood sausage and haggis capped off by an Irish coffee, Will Levis style. Are you doing this all at the same time? On the same day, yes. All that day. You no, like, are you literally eating it like, oh, while, you you're, doing, while you're doing the dance? You're, you're while doing you're... too much over there. You're doing too much. Settle down. Is. Everything's <laughs> fine. That is the punishment for our loser. All right? Everybody good? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Well, update the boys. Yeah. Inform Andrew Stecka. He's not out. <laughs> all right. Speaking of the Irish, uh, the reason why we are th- decided to do an Irish theme is because the season is kicking off in Dublin this Saturday. Had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his schedule, but an opportunity to catch up with an Annapolis native, Notre Dame safety DJ Brown here on GCR. Well, joined now here on GCR by an Annapolis native who's getting ready to start the college football season this Saturday in Dublin when they take on Navy. He is Notre Dame safety DJ Brown. And he's with us again here on GCR. DJ, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you again, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks. For Absolutely, me. dude. Hey, I remember before we chatted with you last year, it was right before the game at M&T Bank Stadium. What was that experience like for you playing there, having all the family there? What was that all about? Yeah, man, it was, it was a childhood dream of just, you know, playing in the Raven Stadium. Um, you know, never got to play there as a kid so it was awesome um I had like 20 or 30 family members there as well to watch me play so honestly it was a blessing um you know it was great game too Navy uh came out with the fight at the end so you know I was just you know blessed to be there honestly that's really cool uh you had a decision to make after this past season about yep. what you were going to do next can you walk me through why it was that you wanted to come back for a sixth year at Notre Dame yeah honestly uh you know Coach Freeman, I really lo- loved what he was building here um, at Notre Dame. Um, I knew he had the right guys, the right staff. Um, and then just the team that we have, you know, it was hard to pass that up again. Um, you know, it's like a brotherhood here. And uh, I just thought it would be, you know, but not only best for me, but best for the team as well for me to come back. So I'm happy with my decision. And here we are about to start again. So I'm excited. What's wild to me is that, like, you came back and a lot was made that, like, nothing was guaranteed for you, right? That, like, yeah. you knew you were going to have to work and, and compete even to earn your own job back this season. Was that something that right. 
you know, excited. You said, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll go do that. I got this. Yeah, no, it's definitely something I've been doing, you know, ever since I've been here. You know, Notre Dame is really competitive. We got a lot of great players here. So I've always, every offseason, I've had to compete for, you know, any type of job or whatever it is. Um, so I wasn't worried at all. Um, you know, I have confidence in myself. And, you know, also I just, you know, knew what I was coming into. I knew we had we would have a great team, um, you know, especially Sam Hartman coming in. It was awesome. Yeah. So honestly, it was, it was a opportunity that was hard to pass up, honestly. He is DJ Brown. He's from Annapolis. He's a safety for Notre Dame, and he's with us here on GCR. You just brought up the name Sam Hartman. I know that it has been a lot of excitement surrounding your team, your program, about his arrival. What have you gotten to know about him, and and what is it that he brings to the table for you guys this season? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, Sam fit right into the locker room um, from day one, honestly. He's a great, great kid, um, real funny dude. Um, and he just honestly meshes with the team really well. Um, and then from a football standpoint, you know, he's provided us with leadership on the offense. Um, he's really able to lead those guys, um, you know, and he's doing a great job with them. So I'm excited to see him on Saturday. That's awesome, man. So let, let's talk about that because I feel like the expectations, you know, there were a couple of growing pains, right, with a new head coach a season ago. But going into this year with the quarterback, with what you guys were able to do, I feel like the expectations are kind of through the roof. You talked about some of that in the decision for you to come back. Uh, are you guys like openly talking about winning a national championship? Do you discuss those things as you get ready for the start of a season? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Um, so like in the past, you know, our mantra has always been winning national championship, winning a national championship every week. Um, but I would say this offseason, Coach Freeman, you know, kind of wanted to change that. Um, and his main thing is, um, you know, went number one, win every day, but also for us to reach our full potential. He says, if we reach our full potential, a national championship will come. Hmm. Um, but, you know, talking about winning a national championship all the time, kind of, I would say, like, for the team, um, it might boost expectations a little bit more than it has to. Um, so I would say, you know, Winning each day at a time and then, you know, coming our best team that we can be um, has been the main focus this offseason. I, I understand that and taking it. Obviously, you got to go win it. You're not going to win a national championship if you don't beat Navy on Saturday in Dublin. I understand the thought process. Exactly. Um, what does that mean to you when I say you're playing the, the first game of the season in Dublin? Um, you've done a lot of things, obviously, in your football life. This is a little bit different. I know it was supposed to happen a couple years ago. It's coming to fruition. What goes through your mind when you think about what this is going to be like? Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, it's something I wanted to do since I came to Notre Dame. Um, like you said, we're supposed to play in 2020 in Dublin, and I was kind of bummed that, you know, that game got canceled. Um, but just having the opportunity to play there, you know, this Saturday means the world. I remember uh, in 2012, I was like 12 years old watching Notre Dame versus Navy. Um, I wasn't a Notre Dame fan back then, but. Um, you know, just watching that game and seeing them playing playing in Dublin, I always wanted to do that. So, you know, it's a blessing, honestly. That's cool, man. Do you have, like, family and friends going to be able to make the trip this weekend? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and they're actually making, like, a little Europe trip out of it as well. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be exciting. That's really cool, man. Is it difficult at all to, like, this is such a bucket list type of thing. Yeah. Do you have to remind yourself, like, no, we've got business. We've got to worry about the football game. We can't allow ourselves to be distracted by the fact that we're, like, visiting a part of the world that I'm sure most of you have probably never visited before. Right. Yeah, I would say so. Um, 
But I mean, we have a mature team as well that's used to traveling. Like even last year, we played in Vegas for a game, and uh, a little bit different. Yeah, maybe a little bit tougher, more distractions, I guess, in that situation. Yep, exactly. So, you know, I I wouldn't say we're worried. Um, and also the team has some like you know events for us to do where you know we kind of learn about the Irish culture. Um, so that's exciting as well. So. I would say we have a mature team, so you know I'm not really worried about the distraction. Um, at the end of the day, it's a another football game, um, but it's still a blessing, you know, to play in Dublin, Ireland. So I'm I'm excited. It's awesome. No, it's a really cool experience for you guys. I saw on Twitter you were doing an event in the off season with Cam Hart, and mm-hmm. I wondered if we could talk a little bit about the relationship. Two Maryland kids that are playing for Notre Dame and achieving great things, sharing a secondary. What what has that been like? Like, did you have a relationship with Cam prior to Notre Dame? How has that developed? And what's it like going out there with him? Yeah, um, I would say just starting from high school. Um, I just remember always playing against him. And, you know, we shared a, a good friend as well. So I wouldn't say we were real close. But, you know, we always, every time we played against each other, we always talked to each other. Um, so we had a solid relationship. And then, you know, coming to college, um, I hosted him for, his visit, you know, showed him around, kind of showed him what Notre Dame was like. And uh, I would say ever since then, we've gotten close. Um, he's my roommate right now as well. So, you know, me and Cam are real close. And, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Two kids from Maryland um, playing in the secondary at Notre Dame. It's awesome. That is a really cool story, man. And obviously, if you guys were to, like, go win a championship together, that'd be a, a really cool story for, yeah, as you know, there's a – Somehow, there's still Notre Dame fans everywhere. There's still a ton of them back this way. I know what it means. What about for you, though? Like, knowing this is definitively it, right? Like, what is this season? How important is it to you for what you're trying to accomplish? You and I have talked about your NFL goals before. Mm -hmm. And and wanting to leave your legacy, your mark, and your piece of history at Notre Dame. How important is this season for you? Yeah, I would say it means the world. Um, You know, I... I haven't taken any second for granted um, since I've been here at Notre Dame, but I would say, you know, just being back here again, you know, you realize how special this place is. Um, So really not taking it for granted and attacking every day uh, like it's my last because, you know, I always go by this saying, like, how you attack one thing is how you attack everything. So, you know, I feel like, you know, if I I attack every day, every practice, you know, with my best effort, um, you know, things will work out for me. Um, so I'm honestly just, you know, embracing it. You know, it's my last time in this locker room with these guys playing in Notre Dame Stadium. I only have six, seven games left in Notre Dame Stadium. So, you know, I would say just, you know, embracing every day, um, you know, even the even the hard ones. So it's been it's good. Cool. And how about your boy, uh, Kyle Hamilton? How about like defensive player of the year? You ready to see like the complete oh, yeah. breakout and, and and massive takeover? We saw so many good things a year ago. No, I'm I'm really excited for him. He actually uh finishes was finishing his degree um this past spring semester, so he actually stayed with me and Cam. Um, that's so, cool. That's really yeah, cool, I man. And heard a lot of stories about you know the Ravens and you know the NFL, and I'm I'm really excited for him. I'm he told excited. me we did an event with him last year. He was telling me a story about he's such a unique, interesting guy, right? It was like went out on his 21st birthday and bought a single beer at a gas station yeah. and started sipping it and was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> he's such an interesting dude, man. I like him a lot. Uh, DJ, we really are excited for you. Let's remind everybody, uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, where can they be giving you a follow? Yeah, so uh, my Instagram is DJ Brown underscore 12. Um, 
don't really use Twitter or any other social media. It's mainly Instagram. So, you know, follow me on that. Give him a follow there for sure. Uh, DJ, look, man, you know, th th it's the local thing. We got to say we're, we're pulling for Navy on Saturday, oh, but um, we're rooting for you. And it's awesome to see everything you've accomplished so far. And we can't wait to see what you still have in store, man. Have a, a great season. Thank you for taking the time for us. And after you guys win that championship, we're going to come back and we're going to chat about it then. All right. Most definitely. Always. I appreciate you. It's DJ Brown, uh, Notre Dame safety Annapolis native as they get ready for Navy on Saturday. When we come back in, speaking of college football, Towson coach Pete Shinnick will join us as they get ready to start the season next Saturday against Maryland. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you are in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports & Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks to indulge in steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All Electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to Easy Pass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at BaySox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. At first six. 
That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR. If you missed it on Monday, Stan The Fan, Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together. You can find that show, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Let's uh, check in with a new football coach at Towson University. They're getting ready for the season opener one week from this Saturday at Maryland. He is Coach Pete Shinnick, and he is with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you again. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. No, Glenn, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Happy to do it, man. Coach, I, I just wonder, I, I always like to get this. When, when we talked when you got the job to now, What's something that you've already maybe learned or something that maybe was a bit different than you expected it to be even before you've even played a game yet about being the football coach at Towson? Well, first off, um, coming from Florida and extreme humidity and heat, everyone's (laughs) telling me this is a cool, this is a fall, uh, unlike anything they've seen. So, uh, that was the biggest surprise. I was like, I didn't know it could feel this good in the morning. Our guys are loving it. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get heat at some point in time, but uh, that's been probably the biggest surprise uh, in it. You know, it, it's gone, Glenn, it, it's gone really well just from, uh, I, think, I think our coaches uh, put together a really good plan for our players to get them uh, in place. And so our seniors have really done a fantastic job of just accepting the culture and uh, implementing it. So we, you know, I didn't like it's been perfect or uh, utopia or anything like that, but it, it's been smooth and it, it's gone very well. Um, t- let's talk, I guess let's, you know, get the brass tacks, right? Have you decided on a quarterback yet? We're close. Uh, we got a scrimmage tomorrow night. That'll probably solidify things for us, but uh, you know, uh, we, we've had, we've had, you know, four guys get a lot of reps, five guys get some reps. Uh, and so we're, we're honing in on that and should have something soon. Is the plan? I don't. I just from your philosophy as a coach, right? Do you want to know definitively that you have a guy, or are you the type that is willing to say, if we play two guys against Maryland, that's okay. This this can continue a week or two into the season to make sure that we make the right choice. Yeah, we're always wanting to make the right choice, and I think that's kind of a feel, and that's kind of a you know, as as you approach it, what's best for the team and what's best in the moment, making those decisions. So. Uh, I've done it really. Uh, I've, I've had about five of these over the course of time where we didn't have a starter coming out of spring, uh, whether the guy graduated or starting a program, whatever it's been. And, you know, every time's kind of been a different scenario where we've played, you know, we've given a, we've given one guy two series, the next guy two series. So mm-hmm. we've kind of done it every way possible. And uh, we're, we're still evaluating what our options are. And I'm good either way. It's worked out. It's worked out well for us, uh, kind of every which way we've done it. Uh, Coach Pete Shinnick from Towson is with us here on GCR. Coach, could you tell us a little bit about the guys in the room? Like, I, I think that, I, and I'm making sure that I have the guys right. It's Scott Smith and Nathan Kent. Like, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how each of those guys has maybe stood out for you so far in the process? Yeah. So Scott, you know, uh, 
really three of the guys in the room uh, have been here and um, were a part of the program when we got here. Uh, Scott Smith, uh, Nate, Nate Kent, and Zach Johnson, they were all here. Um, and we brought in Sean Brown, transfer um, from Liberty. Liberty yeah. And then we added a freshman, uh, my man Jack, uh, from right around the corner uh, here. And, um, you know, Jack's probably gotten the least amount of the reps being a true freshman, uh, Jack, Jack Pelicante. Uh, but, you know, uh, Scott and Zach uh, and Nate and Sean have, you know, been competing through this process. And, um, you know, Sean and Nate had kind of separated themselves a little bit, and then there became some competition. So it's been good. Uh, and, you know, feel like they all do similar things. Uh, but at the same time, they all kind of have their own unique uh, aspect to them. And so, you know, we're going to – I mean, we call our offense a pro-rate offense, so we're going to play up-tempo. We're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to get it into, um, you know, our playmakers' hands and see how that plays out. So they've all kind of done a really good job of directing the offense. But as I said, we're getting closer and kind of fine-tuning it. Uh, you bring up playmakers, and no one stands out in that capacity more to me than Diego Hunter does. Right, he's such a unique skill set. Is it? Does it become? You know, take me through the concept of using someone within a system versus saying someone has such unique skills that we've got to do everything in our power to find ways to get the ball into that person's hand in any sort of way that we possibly can. Yeah, and you, you, you hit it on the head. I mean, whatever system you're in, you got to find a way to get the ball in that guy's hands. And you gotta, you, 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 you got to give him the opportunity to do what he does best. And that's really um, getting in space one-on-one with people. Yeah. Uh, he's so electric and dynamic. Um, you watch all of his punt returns. You watch all of his kickoff returns. And, you know, those aren't necessarily the best blocked plays out there, but if it comes down to him and one guy, you like your odds on him. And so on offense, trying to do the same thing, trying to get him in space, trying to get him one-on-one with somebody to give him the opportunity to use uh, the skills that he has. And he's a unique, unique individual. So uh, we're, we're excited about utilizing him really in every aspect of special teams as well as offense, uh, you know, whether running back, out of the backfield, whatever it is. Coach, who are the guys that have really stepped up for you in the transition as being the leaders, the guys that have gotten the message and have been the ones that have kind of taken on that role of saying, this is how we do things now moving forward with Towson football? Yeah, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, Jesus Gibbs and uh, Robert Javier uh, really have been Two of the guys that have just stepped up, their voice has been really good. They've done a fantastic job of just saying, hey, this is the new standard. This is what we expect. This is what coach is trying to do. Uh, and that, that's been extremely refreshing. Daniel Raymond on defensive side of the ball, Mason Woods, Xavier Terry. Those guys have just done a good job of saying, hey, this is, this is the new way, guys. Uh, this, is, this is how we do things. And so that, that's been extremely helpful. Uh, getting, you know, new guys coming in saying, okay, hey, what's it like here? What can we do? You know, what, how, you know, wh- how, what are the standards? And those guys have been like, hey, man, standards are standard. This is how they do it, and this is what they're going to expect of you. And if you do that, uh, you'll have a good opportunity for yourself. 
coach, you know, you, you know, you know, you know why you're here, right? Like there's an expectation at Towson that, you know, we should be competing at the highest level. And I, I, I wonder how you gauge that, right? Like as a new coach and, and, and not being able to bring in all of your guys all at once, like I, I, we always want to say, hey, you got to give a coach a little bit of time. But like, hey, you know, there's an expectation there. How do you how do you handle that line between you need to prove that you're the guy versus, hey, but we got to be reasonable about the difficulty of building a program somewhere. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in today's world, um, you know, things change extremely fast. And I mean, so uh, in the last 10 years, you've seen, you've seen guys lose their jobs after two years, which, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 20 years ago, that was unheard of. You, you'd never do that. You know, uh, John Wooden, if you look at the beginning of his career um, at, um, you know, UCLA, and you look at uh, Mike Krzyzewski's beginning career of Duke, in today's world, I don't know that they would have made it, you know what I mean? Because they, they didn't have great success in the beginning. And so in today's world, the expectation is everything's instant, everything happens now. As a coach, you know, my, my objective is we want to put the best product that we can on the field every week. And so we're dealt a hand. Um, we added to that hand through, uh, you know, recruiting. But we inherited a group that we feel good about, and now our job is to find the best way to put them in a situation to do well. I think, you know, every game we go into, we're, we're looking for a way to play our best football. You know, we, we, we talk about playing great football. That's really the standard. That's the goal, not win the game. It's, it's play great football. And my experience has been over the course of my head coaching career is if guys will just play the way they're capable of, if guys will do what they're capable of, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a good chance to be in every game. If you can be in every game, then you find a way at the end to win it. So we go into every game expecting the opportunity to be in it and find a way to win it at the end. And whether it's first year, fifth year, whether, you know, I mean, when I took the job, I told every guy on this roster, I said, look, man, you know, if you stay, you're ours. Uh, and if you, if you're here, then we, uh, you know, we're all in on this thing with you. And, you know, it's not like we're going to try to replace you or try to run you out or do whatever. I said, you stay, we're going to coach you up and we're going to put you in the best situation possible. So my commitments to them is their commitment is to me. So walk me through this. You've got a unique situation to open things up, right? And it's not just because it's an in-state school and, you know, it's Towson versus Maryland. It's because of Mike Loxley, of course, a, a Towson alum. And you shared at the beginning that Mike Loxley reached out to you and invited you to, to come help prepare. And that seems so unique for a situation where that's going to be the first opponent that you face. Um, what, what did that mean to you to have coach Loxley reach out and, and offer to help you in that way? Um, even knowing that you guys are going to be going up against him in week one of the college football season. Yeah, extremely gracious on his part. And I think it just shows his love for Towson. Um, and it's been fun because I've had the opportunity to get to know some of his teammates uh, and have conversations with or his former teammates uh, that played with him at Towson and just their love and the brotherhood of Towson football, uh, I mean, runs deep and runs and runs wide. And so uh, for him to do that, I think it just, again, shows you his passion for uh, wanting to see Towson be successful. And uh, obviously he's got a great team. He's coming off a bowl, uh, a bowl team. Uh, he's got, uh, you know, I mean, momentum going in the program. I think the way he always envisioned it to be, uh, you know, when he took the job. So uh, we know it's a, it's a great task for us. But at the same time, it's a, it's a great gauge as to who we are and, and, and what we do and uh, seeing how that matches up. But, 
you know, I'm, I've, I've been extremely impressed with him, just how he's conducted himself and, uh, you know, how he handled, uh, you know, me getting hired and just the graciousness in it. So got a lot of respect for him and uh, looking forward to uh, this opportunity on the second. All right. So I'll, I'll put it as generically as I can. Uh, you, Towson football coach will have a successful special season this year if what? If blank. Yeah, I think if our guys continue the growth that they've had from, uh, you know, spring ball, I, I feel like we ended spring ball better than we uh, started it, which is always a good sign. Uh, we're at a place now where practice one of fall camp, we're better. We got to continue to have that growth. Uh, and, I, and I feel like we can, uh, we can play some really good football uh, this season and uh, excited for uh, a lot of the matchups that we have. I think five of the teams in our conference are, uh, are ranked. I think, three or four more receiving votes in the top 25 poll. So we got a lot to prove and we got, we got a lot to show people. Well, it all kicks off one week from this Saturday at Maryland. And then the home opener Saturday, September 9th, six o'clock against Monmouth, your opportunity to get out and support the Tigers. Coach Pete Chinnick, uh, wishing you well. We're going to be checking in throughout the course of the season. Appreciate taking a few minutes for us this morning. Thanks for hopping on. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's Coach Pete Shinnick, Towson University, with us here on GCR as they get ready to start the season. Um, a couple of updates. John from Little Rock says he's in. All right. Fantastic. Now Ken Zalas is trying Ken, to wiggle his way. I don't understand what this is. Yeah, I mean, this, this is bit. Ken Zalas being okay. Ken Zalas. This is, so this, this is, is him. This is nothing we're actually worried about. This is uh, worried. No, I'm not worried <laughs> about it. He is the. We don't I mean, give him a choice. Okay, like he's okay. he's right. got it. I mean, he's had to do plenty of. He had to do like the spaghetti and milk pie. I mean, like he got in on a lot of our side what's bets. He, what's he worried about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get it. He doesn't like the additions that were made. Right. I understand that, but it's the point. He's. We're also not releasing. Don't him. lose. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. And and he. I'm not even worried about because like he'll join us every week for the pick segment. Right. Okay. Uh, that's something we got to talk about with Ryan because you're not. Of course, you're not going to be here for the first pick. Se- do we move it to Friday? Do we move picks to Friday this week? I mean, I guess it's up There's to no you. There's no Thursday night game. Maybe we move picks to Friday this week. Talk to All Ken. Right. Make sure that he can do Friday. All right. And Kay's, uh, Stan's not going to be here Friday anyway. So okay. maybe we do picks on Friday just for this week only. Only because we get back to Thursday starting next week. <sighs> Make sure that's okay. And then we'll, we'll plan on that. Maybe you can even join us via Zoom. Right? Yeah. Now that we know yeah. that works. All right. That I'll, ch- be, I'll, ch- I'll can, talk to him. That can be a thing. Uh, but John in Little Rock says, I'm in. I'm in. So that right, would give fantastic. us a good, So how many would that give uh, Is us? that eight or nine? Well, nine, are we including right? Stecka? Yes, we're including Stecka. Okay. Then I think nine. I have yeah. released no one from their commitments <laughs> yet. Other than Brian Powell. And again, I, I, I don't know. I, I gave up too easy on that one. So hang on, John. But you learn, you learn from that. So that's why you gotta, Rock, you're going to be hard, hardened on Stecka. Griffin, Paul, Kyle, Kyle Ryan. Yeah, that's nine that All I'm right. seeing right Strong now. group. Stecka, Zalas. This is even better for Stecka. Proctor, uh, like, John and Little Rock, me, you, you, Paul and Kyle, right? That's nine. Yeah. Boy, it's an awfully white group. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the first. Well, it's Irish. Honest, it's an Irish. We are show. really killing on white cisgender males. We might, this contest might get canceled. <laughs> Not by, like, you know, me, by, like, society. They might. It'll continue, but. We need a. Uh, might need a little representation in our 
in our group. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, questionable. I don't Definitely. think Rita's going to want in. I don't think there's any chance that she's going to sign up for this. I think the moment I say, you get, she's going to be like, no. No, I'm not doing any of those things. It took me everything just to get her to sign up to play fantasy football last year. I don't think she'll join us. What she, what she got against I need to think football? about a little representation in this group. <laughs> Awfully white looking. Really? What white's interesting about this? It, I mean, it's an Irish uh, themed I understand. Uh, thing. So, but like, just just we're so adding. So for this year, it's okay. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, I guess next year. Yeah. Have to find a way. Dicey, dicey, dicey. Still no more interested, uh, and still no more information about Jack Flaherty as of yet. Mm. Nothing that I'm seeing anyway. Is obviously concerned. Um, if you missed it earlier, yes, Jack Flaherty has been scratched for tonight. Dean Kramer will make the start, which is fine because he's on, uh, you know, not only normal rest because of the six days, but also uh, there was an off day in there too on Monday, so he's on, you know, total. Uh, com- he's, every, there's no rest problem at all for Dean Kramer, but. As was pointed out by Connor Newcomb, you don't scratch someone the day of a start unless there's something. You don't make a decision like, well, you know, let's let's get let's skip him a day the day of. That's something that you plan out ahead of time, so I, uh, you're nervous and you hate, like, you hate to say the good news would be if he just needs to be away from the team for something, right? But the problem is none of those things are ever good. That's you know a death in a family, right. I, a medical yeah. situation somebody's dealing with, or whatever it might be. I guess it'll help them. They could add another bullpen arm now. I guess would be well if he's hurt, right? If yeah. he's, he's yeah. not going to be. You okay, John? John's surveying. Like ah, I need to make sure everything's on. Uh... What the hell was that? I missed it. What? Well, he was like walked in and he like stuck his head in like he was nice. measuring something. I'm trying to see Ryan, I guess. Is that what it was? Are you okay? Is everything all right? I'm... You were like supervising. Where's just... that computer go? What what computer? The, the, laptop. the laptop. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I'll find it. I'm sure it's somewhere. Oh, it's. I think it might be in the drawer down there, actually. You need it? All right. It is indeed in the drawer. You need it right now? All right. We'll deal with that later. It's very weird. He's in there like, what the hell is going on? Are you okay with everything we're doing in here? Do you have a problem? What that was all about. Mom, meatloaf. I never know what he's doing in there. never know what's going on. All right, what was I saying? I was saying something about uh, something. Moving to the sure. bullpen. I guess the bullpen. Oh, but, the, yeah. No, no, no. I, wait, wait, moving I Jack was. Flair? Oh, you're saying that. What? What do you need? Wait, can I get you guys lunch? I was going oh. up to the... I was well, going up where? To the, where are you uh, going? Where are you going? I can't... The, the, the chicken place. The, the chicken place. The Peruvian place? The Peruvian place. Which they do a salad with the chicken. Mm. Are you kidding me? I'm sure it's delicious. I'm sure it's delicious. It's I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I guess. I'm, I'm good. Know. I'm good. Unless they have, yeah, I'm good. Well, I'm unless good. what? I, I would, I don't, I don't want to say, like, I don't, I don't eat like that, like, during the day. Dude, they have a salad with the. I know, pizza. but even that is, like, a lot for me during the day. Like, I, I eat, like, like a, like, rabbit food. Should I bring most. you a pickle from, if from you want, I would be very excited about a pickle, John Colson. Since I'm up there? Thank you, pal. That would make all of this worth it. Okay, if you, you two me have, like, three minutes to look up the Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it the the Perry Perry? What is it called? Perry Perry. Oh, Perry Perry. Okay. Thank you. It's very nice of you. Yes, thank you, John. Very nice of you to offer. I appreciate it. It's John Colson. There was his addition for the day. It was related to lunch. What was? Oh, we were talking about the Jack Flaherty thing. Yeah. (sighs) I'm all over the place. Um. Yeah. I mean, if he's hurt, then you'd be going back. I mean, again, you'd be using a five-man rotation for a little while, and you wouldn't be able to skip guys, and that would be. In, unless you feel like Tyler Wells is ready to go back into the rotation, um, 
it's further problem. I mean, it's really problematic if a player that you traded for that was a mercenary is injured. I mean, like it's 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 a problem if anybody's injured, but it's a bigger problem if you traded away pieces for a player that ended up getting hurt immediately afterwards. Now, if it's not, but these guys are gone now because all they're thinking about is lunch. <laughs> these guys are like I might as well just shut it all down. All these guys, I'm trying I look to over, out the other and they're things. both just like peri parrying. Well, I'm, they don't, I'm trying to figure out the other out. thing. Uh, but, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get a break? <laughs> why don't we do that? We'll take a break. Oh, there's something else. I still want to talk about the John Harbaugh thing too. We got to do that. So we'll um, we'll do that. Hopefully, hopefully, Kendall Fuller will join us as well. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com Maryland, be open. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glennclark23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i'm michael jan grandy president of aj michaels your carrier energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. 
quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along here on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Continue to get me your responses. Someone is getting hooked up with a T-shirt of their choice from our friends at Birdland Sports. But you got to get in in uh, 24 hours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio with Would You Rather Wednesday. All right, joining us now, Baltimore native, a man who has carved out a hell of a career in the NFL. He is, of course, Commander's cornerback, Kendall Fuller, and he's back with us here on GCR. Kendall, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. No problem. Appreciate you having me. Always good to talk chat with you, dude. Hey, if if you guys had, like, practiced one more day against each other, a scene – was it going to turn into, like, WrestleMania at some point between the Ravens and the Commanders this week? Was this just going to turn into, like, an all-out brawl between you guys? Nah, nah. That's just, sometimes I just come with it. Guys is out there competing, fighting. Uh, you know, some guys is out there protecting their teammates. But, you know, it's a physical game, physical sport. Sometimes those things happen. You just line up next play. No compete. doubt, man. No doubt. It was, you know, in a, was it good to have that level between the two practices and how physical they got – and then what ended up being a really close, obviously, game on Monday night, do you feel like uniquely this week was good for these for both of your teams, maybe more than most preseason weeks are for getting you prepared for the season? Uh, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, essentially you you get three games and you go against the you get to go against a different offense. Um, you get to see different looks, um, you know, different skill sets, different guys. So being able to get that type of work is definitely fun and then of course, to be able to do it, you know, when it counts on a on a game is is even is even better. All right, so you have been through now two tours of duty in D.C. and you've been through some of the tough times. And I know we always talk about how players block out everything else that's going on, but like we saw that scene on Monday night down there and how much the fans were into it with the ownership change and the direction. Can you explain? Like, are you guys feeling any of that? Like, just how the energy has changed surrounding your franchise. Yeah, I mean, you definitely feel it. Like you said, just the just the excitement level from the fans, just to be able to get that support. You know, a lot of people, you know, just coming up to you, just saying, like, hey, like, we're going to games now this year. We can't wait to get back out there and things like that. So just seeing people excited, uh, seeing people, you know, wanting to support us, wanting to go out there on Sundays to, to help us out. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely be relying on them and definitely be needing it. He is Kendall Fuller, Baltimore native. He is with us here on GCR. All right, so let's talk about you, man. Like, this is you, – you've been doing – you're kind of like an old guy now almost in this <laughs> league. Like, you know how this goes. You're not even 30 yet, but you've been doing it for a while. I've always wondered, was there, like – is there any unspoken competition between you and, like, your brothers to see who can have the longest or the most accomplished career or anything like that? It's, no, not at all. Uh, I think, too, uh, honestly, it's just pushing each other to, to to get out there and play for as long as we can, supporting each other and things like that. So it's definitely been a blessing 
um, to, to just go out there and play the game that you love and enjoy. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. So going into year eight, I'm looking forward to it. Every year is a new challenge. Every year is a different year. So you just got to prepare yourself for for the year, year in, year in and year out. What uniquely drives you at this point, Kendall? Like, you know, you're a guy that, you like, you got to accomplish winning a Super Bowl, right? Like, you, you've seen mm-hmm. the highest of the highs. What uniquely now drives you goal-wise and, and things that you want to still do in your career? Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is just my faith, just, you know, God giving you the abilities, the talents that you have and, and wanting to honor him and worship him by, by giving it back to him and, and using them the best way you can. Just and it's just fun, man. You get young guys in the locker room every single year. You enjoy teaching them. You avoid, you enjoy like competing with them, competing against them, and things like that. So, uh, biggest thing is really just just my faith. Um, and two, just still loving the game. You've been you've been a part of the game, playing football your whole life, and uh, you know just still being able to play it, still being a part of it. Is, is something I think as you get older too, you realize that you realize that you can't play it forever. You realize right. that too, eventually it's going to be done. So you try to make the most of it while you still have it. Do, do you, are you at the point of your career where you find yourself like appreciating it more? Not to say that like, I, I know I'm making it sound like you're old and you're not, you're 20, you're very much yeah, in the prime yeah. of your career. Like I want to make that yeah. abundantly clear. I'm not trying to dispute, yeah. but like, do you, nah, for do, sure. do you start to have that like appreciation for it? Like what you just said, like, I know, that like it, it's probably not going to be ten more years. Do you start to get into that place yeah. where like I'm I'm glad I'm still able to do this because not everybody is guaranteed to have even as much time as you have. Had. Yeah. Uh. Not honestly, no, not yet. Okay. But you know, you definitely, you definitely realize, you you definitely have that realization that like, dang, like I've played most of my years already. Like wow. I'm in year eight. I'm not I'm not playing another eight years. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> But you yeah, have that realization, but I guess for me, be, coming coming out of college early, like you said, only being 28, it's still just like, man, like, I want to go out here and compete, and, and you feel like, and you work to compete at the highest level. Um, so not, not yet, but, you know, you definitely also, when you look in your room, you're the oldest one in there, you're like, dang, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> but especially for me growing up with all older brothers and stuff like right, that. So, right, right. One of those things where you like, dang, that's crazy, but it's also just one of those things where you just like, you're just excited to go compete still. Is there a point in your career where you like realize you have to take on the responsibility of being like the the wiser, like the veteran guy? Was there like a moment you walked in and you're like, oh crap, that's me now. Like I gotta be the guy giving the advice to these other dudes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think really just like the last couple last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, when guys, when they have a question about something, if they're not asking the coach, they're coming to ask you. Um, so I think it's I think it's natural, though. I think especially playing the DB position, um, I think that's something that, that especially in, in college going to Virginia Tech, it was we definitely felt like we had a tradition there to where sure, sure. you always help out those that, that come after you. So I think that helped me a lot. But you definitely realize that. And you definitely, I mean, you – you're around the younger guys so much. You're around your teammates so much. You want to see them see. You want to see them make plays. So you want to give them whatever advice you can to, to help them go succeed and have have great careers. Did you? Where did you stand on like the? Um, were, were you? Was there any part of you like, wow, I'm glad we are the ones that ended the streak, or did you not care about that thing at all on Monday night? Uh, 
I mean, I don't think you're necessarily thinking about the streak. You're just more so thinking about you want to win the game. Um, so I think from that standpoint, just to, to see our young guys, you know, finish, make plays at the end of the game, uh, see our offense make plays at the end of the game. So I don't think you're necessarily thinking about the streak, but you're just thinking about go win your uh, going, going one and know that week. I get it. I completely understand that part process entirely. Uh, we talked about your brothers. Of course, we got, you know, Kyle here for a minute last year and then unfortunately mm-hmm. got hurt. Um, have, yeah. you, have you been talking to him? Like, I mean, there might still be a need right up here this way. We're we're kind of yeah, wondering if yeah. maybe we can't bring him back in at this point if he's ready to go. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. My my I know my mother would love to have him back in Baltimore. Right? Too, she's pushing. She's pushing for him to, to to be back in Baltimore. So, you know, ultimately, whenever that time is, uh, you know, I think, you know, he'll make the best decision for himself, and I know. I know he would enjoy and love playing in Baltimore again. That's 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 our home. So, so I guess we'll see see what happens. Was that a big like you know you joke about that with your mom? But was that a big deal for you? Like it's I guess it's the one thing, right? Like that for for it's one of the great stories of all time. You and your brothers, and yet mm-hmm. nobody had played in Baltimore until then. Like yeah. how how neat was that for your family? I, I know you're not far away, right? So it's easy. Mm-hmm. This probably works out yeah. just as well for your mom. Like, it's cool. I can go down the road, too, and right, right. see Kendall. But how neat was that for the family, for Kyle to be playing here? Yeah, it was dope. Uh, I know, especially I know for him, I know he loved it. Like you said, you just – you grow up being in the city your whole life. You grow up watching watching the team your whole life and being able to put on those colors, being able to, to you know, live, you know, in, in an area that you grew up in. Uh, I, I know it was a dream come true for him, um, and you know we all enjoyed just seeing him be able to put on those colors and things like that. So, you know, definitely fun. I know if anybody, my mother and my nephew, they probably enjoyed it the most. No besides doubt, Kyle. No doubt, right? That's a cool thing. Was it part of the reason why you wanted to be back in DC? By the way, was it part of like the like being at home, or was it just nah, man? They offered me the contract. That's where I wanted. I was gonna go where everybody summit. Anybody would sign me. No, it definitely it definitely plays a factor, um, especially for me. Like, you know, just being being from Baltimore, going to high school in Montgomery County, a good council area. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Tech. A lot of a lot of people from Virginia Tech from Northern Virginia area. So, the to be able to play the sports you love at the highest level around you know people that that support your team, familiar faces, and things like that was definitely. Definitely special, definitely important, and uh, something that I've been very grateful for. All right, before uh, we let you go, uh, I heard you talking up your uh, your quarterback, and we saw some special things. What should people know about – you know, it's still somebody that's not played a lot at the NFL level yet. What should everybody know about Sam Howell? Uh, Sam's just he, – he's a humble guy, man, but I know he's he's hungry and eager to just go out there and just, and just play football. Uh, I think I saw something where he said that, you know, the highest expectations that anybody could put on him is his. And, uh, you know, he has high expectations for this year for himself. And, uh, you know, Sam's just a competitor, man. He's a student of the game. He loves getting better. Um, you know, he trusts his talent that he has. Um, and uh, it's going to be a fun year. We're all looking forward to it. Awesome. Kendall, is there anything we can plug for you that you got going on, you know, social, anything like that? Say that again? Anything we can plug for you, social media, anything like that? Nah, I'm 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 a ghost right now. I'm I'm off of everything. I am right jealous. Now. I am so insanely jealous of that, bro. <laughs> I wish that we could do the same thing. 
Uh, yeah, I appreciate that, though. Uh, always awesome to see you. You know, you guys, it's one of the great sports stories in Baltimore history, everything that you your family have accomplished, man. We're always rooting for you. Continued health and success, brother. Best of luck. Thank you for taking the time yes, for Yes, sir. Us. Appreciate that. No problem. Good talking to you. It's Kendall Fuller of the Washington Commanders with us here on GCR. Says it wasn't about the streak. Griffin doesn't believe him. Griffin, Griffin, Griffin thinks. Uh, I mean, yeah, Griffin I mean, thinks. they, uh, well, who, oh, man, who did they interview uh, the day before? Sam Cosme was yes. the guy. Yeah, he said it was yes. obviously about the streak. Yeah. I mean, it matters, Glenn. It's so no, it does not. And it's with that in mind that I just <laughs> want to address this. So, this I I I'm sharing. This is from uh, Jameson Hensley's uh, Twitter, and this was the video that he took. It's about a thousand other people posted this video that were covering the game on Monday night. John Harbaugh after the game. And initially, I just read and rolled my eyes, but I got angrier as the day went on yesterday. I just want to address it really quickly. John, uh, of course, the first loss in, in preseason since 2015. Uh, what, is, what does it feel like to, to have the streak end? Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Think, think about something like that. And I just told our guys, you know, you're proud of it, of course. You, know, you appreciate it. But the thing that you're proud of is all those games are mostly just like that. You know, preseason games that people want to write write about, some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the field. And yet you have the audacity to say that audacity. the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me it was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? You know, I can't respect anybody that says that because of the effort these guys put into it. That's, what's, that's what you're proud of. That's, that's why I'm so proud of these guys for the way they fought. Doesn't matter winner. Uh, it's it's fine. It matters, it's fine. It we got it. We got waiting. enough of that. The audacity, he says. The audacity. How dare anyone suggest that preseason games are meaningless? I mean, that would be. It's just proof that you don't understand the game. That you don't. You never played the game. That you don't get the game. The shamelessness. That someone would say they're meaningless. You know who said that preseason games are meaningless? John Harbaugh. As Mark Viviano of Channel 13 pointed out, and this is a hell of a memory, on August 27, 2016, John Harbaugh was dressing Ben Watson being injured in a preseason game and said, quote, it's not the 1970s anymore. They're not meaningful games. The audacity. The audacity of John Harbaugh to suggest that preseason games are meaningless. What a terrible person he is. The audacity. I didn't need for Mark Viviano to pull that quote out because I knew damn well how John Harbaugh felt about the meaningful nature of preseason games before I ever found that. You know how I knew that? Because he doesn't play his players. In fact, John Harbaugh, more than almost any coach in the NFL, knows exactly how meaningless they are because while every other coach in the NFL is trotting out their starting quarterbacks, John Harbaugh won't do that because he knows exactly how meaningless they are. Let me be fair to John for a second. You know what I think came out on Monday night? I think he got caught up in the moment. John, as we know, he's got a lot of tough guy in him. It's a Harbaugh thing, right? 
And I bet that in those moments, he got caught up in it. Close game, would like to win. Remember, Jim Harbaugh, if you read that famous Peter King story, was so was was still talking about winning a pickup basketball game in, in a family get-together for like an hour afterwards. So in the moment, and when he went in front of the media, John Harbaugh still peeved about, because he's coaching, uh, a kid committing a, a, a penalty on 4th and 12. Or whatever it is. And so he stops thinking. John Harbaugh knows he's lying through his teeth when he goes after members of the media. He's just decided they're an easy target. That's you guys. You guys are idiots. I'm mad at you. Well, if you're mad at the people that say the games are meaningless, you're mad at yourself because you directly have told everyone how meaningless preseason games are. They're not meaningful games. Direct quote from John Harbaugh. Nobody made it up. But even if he hadn't, we knew based on the fact that they don't play any of their players. They're meaningless. Now again, whenever you say that, there's someone trying to come white knighting in to buy your wife some junior mints. And someone wants to come in and say something along the lines of, they're not, tell that to, uh, even my, our buddy Bo, who I love, and I'll t- tell that to Keaton Mitchell. The reps are not meaningless. They're just as meaningful as any rep that you have in any practice. Every rep that a young player gets is meaningful in everything you do. Now, I need you to tell me what at all changes if Joey Sly hooks that field goal at the end of the game on Monday night. Tell me what changes. Every rep would be exactly the same. No one would have won or lost any other rep. Every performance by every player would be exactly the same. Tell me how anything in the world is different other than those of you that bet if Joey Sly hooks the field goal at the end of the game on Monday night. Go ahead, Griffin. I'll let you, I'll let you be the one to attempt it. Um, by the way, the ordering chicken has now taken up 30 minutes of the show. I'm now mad at John Colson for offering to get everybody chicken. Uh, it, it wouldn't change anything. Nothing. Unfortunately. Zero. You know why? Because the games are meaningless. And I... The, and somebody says, and I'll get people to say, why do you... Somebody was mad at me, like, you're making this a zero-sum thing. You can present the argument why winning preseason games doesn't hurt anyone. You'd be right. No one's hurt by someone winning a preseason game unless you get somebody hurt trying to win a preseason game. One of the things I respect about John Harbaugh more significantly is that I know he's lying. I know John Harbaugh in chastising the media is lying through his teeth. And I'm glad that's the case. Because it would be far more dangerous if John Harbaugh thought the games mattered. Because if he did that, you know how I know that the Ravens didn't or that the Commanders didn't win a game on Monday night? Because they might have lost Terry McLaurin for week one of the season. That's losing. That's how you lose a preseason game. You can't lose a preseason game by the score. You can only lose a preseason game, and they're hopeful that he's going to be fine. 
And for what it's worth, I don't root for anybody to be hurt. I hope he's fine too. But if there's any chance at all that he isn't, then they lost. Unquestionably, they lost. Thankfully, I know John Harbaugh's lying because he knows he can't risk losing his players. So he's not going to run out his top wide receivers for three quarters of a football game in an attempt to try to win, quote-unquote, a preseason game because he knows that's meaningless and he's lying. Doesn't hurt unless you get someone hurt. But you cannot create... I had some guy last night keep trying to tell me about... It's about establishing a culture. Well, tell me how many playoff games the Ravens won during the streak in which they won 24 consecutive preseason games. Was it one? One. Wow. There is no correlation. Again, if Joey Sly hooks that field goal, they would have done nothing. The Ravens would have done nothing to have won that game. And by the way, in the regular season, they all count the same. In the regular season, if the only reason why you won is because some dude hooks a field goal at the end of the game, you won the game. You know how I know that? Because we have standings. And it says you won the game, and now you're a step closer towards making the playoffs. There are stakes. If there are no stakes, you can't win. There are no stakes involved in that. Now, there might have been. Maybe Joey Sly was told, because didn't they just cut another kicker last week or something? Maybe Joey Sly was told before he goes on the field, you miss this, you lose your job. In order to create some stake, in order to try to you know, add some juice. Maybe for him there were, but there were no stakes at all for anybody on the field for the Baltimore Ravens at that moment. The notion that anything that happens in the preseason has anything to do with this, this nebulous concept of a winning culture is bull-ass. And it would be more terrifying, as I pointed out, if you thought that was the case and you were willing to risk players getting hurt in order to pursue this nebulous concept. Which, again, I know is not the case because I've heard it from John Harbaugh's mouth. They're not meaningful games. Direct quote from the guy that chastised you. Again, it's not the end of the world. I'm going to call John Harbaugh out on it because I don't... The, the tough guy routine... I like John Harbaugh. This is the funny part. Like, I fight with Ken Zalas about this all the time. I like John Harbaugh. But the tough guy shtick is as dumb as dumb gets. It's it, it, It's laughable. And yes, it's part of the reason why I've been soured on choosing to go out and spend my time that way. It's just, I don't have it in me. That is the height of naked shamelessness. John Harbaugh knows exactly how meaningless the preseason games are. And no matter how many times you say, well, this one was a fun one, that doesn't make it meaningful. And you know what? This is the other reason why it bothers me. And I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up because we're going to end up doing a three-hour show again today. The other reason it bothers me because we live in a society where we have attempted to try to make it seem like we can, we can create facts by how we feel about something. The other day, a sitting United States senator saw a picture of a shark on a highway and retweeted it as if it was fact. Like it was real. And the point 
I also know that it wasn't the actual senator who runs the account. I understand. But the point was, what we want to be the truth is more important than what the truth is. We want it to be the truth that because I'm a Republican and California is led by Democrats, I want California to look like they're incompetent. So I want to share out things that make that true, whether it's true or not. To be abundantly clear, it happens the other way too. I'm not pointing out one side or the other. This was just the most recent one that I saw. This is how we exist now. When we want something to be true, we try to create a world in which it is. We are unwilling to acknowledge when things are or are not true. I wanted to write a story about Ramona Rios and how much I love watching him play baseball. But you know what happened the moment I went and looked at his baseball savant page? I realized, no, I'm the idiot. It's not true. He's not having a good defensive season. He's having the opposite of a good defensive season. And no matter how much... I personally might like Ramona Rios. I cannot create a new truth. I cannot do the thing. Well, my eye test says, get the F out of here. You don't get to create truths. Griffin likes watching preseason football games. God bless him. I think there's a better way to spend your time. Go see Barbie. I don't care. But if you're into it, God bless you. As long as you don't attempt to try to suggest that it's something that it isn't. There is nothing meaningful about the result of a preseason game, and there never will be. That's why we call them exhibitions. Because we know. We know. And we have a bigger problem in this country because we are obsessed with the idea of making our opinions fact or making something that we want to be true, true. We are in the era of gaslighting. John Harbaugh attempted to gaslight everyone on Monday night. Again, it's not my biggest concern. I want him to go try to win football games. That's what I'm concerned about. I don't have to like John Harbaugh, and I do is the odd part. I just don't like this routine. I largely like John Harbaugh. I think he's a good football coach. I think he's a decent person. I think well of John Harbaugh. This was gaslighting, plain and simple. There's no but no. We know. John Harbaugh knows that these are meaningless football games. He's told us that in words and actions. Facts are facts. Feelings are feelings. And at some point, we've got to come back to a society where we understand that got to get back somehow to a place where we don't think we can make something true because we want it to be. And this is bigger, and this is going to sound like I'm like trying to do like a stump speech because I'm running for something. No, not doing that. But this is poppycock. I mean, pure and simple. What John Harbaugh's Sermon on the Mount on Monday night was poppycock, was nonsense. And alone, don't care. But in a bigger picture of society where we want to bully our way into something being true or yell louder to make it true, we can't make it true. It is not factual that there is anything meaningful about the result of a preseason football game. If Joey Sly hooks a field goal, nothing changes at all.
And in the same way, the Ravens didn't win 24 consecutive preseason games because if there are no stakes, you can't win. Visit Glenn Clark twenty for Glenn, Glenn Clark for Senate twenty four dot com. Okay, Glenn Clark twenty three for <laughs> yes, yeah, that's not bad. Glenn yeah. Clark twenty three, that's the campaign. I don't know what just happened there. I might have had a little bit of a sorry. Yeah. I got a little I froggy. Mean, I, it, this this S drives me nuts. I don't care how you feel about certain things. Facts are facts. Like we can't this thing. We're like, uh, but it feels true. Maybe. Yeah, it's been disproven, but like, isn't it just, isn't it the crazy part, the fact that we thought it might be? No. No, it's not. That's you trying to score points. Facts have to be facts. Maybe he misspoke. He was trying to say, you know, the games for the players, I guess, are meaningful, where, like, you know, no, he knows. Where, where reps, where he means reps. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want the guys to go out there and try. That's fine. But to try to chastise someone else for saying the games are meaningless when you've said the games are meaningless is naked. It is shameless. It is embarrassing. But again, I get it. He's doing the tough guy routine because he got caught up in the moment. It's not going to... do the, Make the right decisions in the real games. That's what I care about. Be in the best position to win football games when they matter. When the actual football game. He's coming for you, Roger Goodell. And I also don't care. The other thing I don't care about is like everybody's getting fight. You're celebrating too much. I don't care who celebrates. I don't care. As long as, again, you don't try to change reality. I love my guy Cordell. who's like, oh, you know, they won a football game. They're celebrating. No, they didn't. You want to celebrate, celebrate. Do whatever you want to do. But you can't change. Nobody won a football game on Monday night. In the same way that the Ravens didn't win a football game against the Eagles the week before. We have to be the ones that say these aren't football games. We can't feed into... They want to make it believe it's something that it's not. It'd be as naked as saying that the team that won the World Baseball Classic is the best baseball country. That's not a real event. The pitchers aren't allowed to pitch. It's a neat thing that people like, and because people like it, we want to try to make it something that it isn't. Fact has to matter. Fact has to be a thing. I mean, no. The World Baseball Classic was It's neat. Fun. Like You're, yeah, what you just said is fine. And as long as you understand that's all it is, it's just a fun, silly little exhibition, then that's fine. Pretending like that creates some sort of world champion is nonsense. Nonsense. Shameless, naked, embarrassing. All of those things. All right, quickly, tidbit. Okay. Quickly. Um we might not be able to do the quick yeah. oh, uh, I got it. Oh, it's Glenn Clark twenty three is the code. Yes. Superbook.com is the website. Download the Superbook app. <laughs> Go there, uh, get your uh, use the code, your first bet up to two hundred fifty dollars. We match, win or lose. Superbook.com, the Superbook app. The Yankees have lost nine that games. That is a fact. <laughs> nine games in a row, and and it helps my feelings. Yes. So I like it in both. <laughs> when the facts uh, line time, up with my feelings, those are good things. Last time they lost nine in a row, nineteen eighty two uh, was the last time the Yankees lost nine games in a row. They will be going for their tenth loss in a row tonight. Last time they did that, I'm sure you saw the stat. Did you see the last time they did that, Glenn? I don't think I did that. 110 years ago, 1913. You're not going to ask me to try to name the lineup. Yeah, name the lineup from, <laughs> from their 10-game losing streak. Uh, no other other franchise currently has gone more than 43 years. Uh, and some people did it twice in one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since their last double-digit losing streak uh, in a single season. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, new stat dropped. Uh, fewest career and games. They're, and they're not getting Jackson Holiday out of it. Ha ha. <laughs> Jerks. 
Fewest career games to 10 home runs and 20 stolen bases. Okay. Ali De La Cruz took 64 games, fewest uh, ever in Major League history, to get to that benchmark. Second fewest. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, it's the guy who's always been linked to, I guess, these Ali De La, is La Cruz. It? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah, we've. I feel like I've done one almost once a week. 10 home runs, 20 stolen bases, quickest. It wasn't uh, Ricky, and it wasn't Barry Bonds. It is Barry Bonds. It is Barry Bonds. It took Bonds. him 65 okay. games. Ellie De La Cruz did. Say, I feel like it's been different people every time, and that's been the frustrating. I feel like part. maybe one time it was Bobby Bonds. I think it's been different. I think that you found a way for it to somehow be a completely different. I feel like there've been a I've lot of stolen base-related questions. All right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. We got it. It's 12. Yeah. Uh, Jay Cuda had a good one over the weekend uh, where he put a. He, I say graphic, but you know he put a picture mm-hmm. where he did most seasons of one home run and one stolen base. Uh, and then the the most all time is twenty five, so he had that person. And then the second most all time was twenty four seasons of one home run and one stolen base. And then he and then he did like an ellipses, and then multiple had zero seasons of of of, uh, of one home run and one stolen base in a season. Uh, so very clever. Uh, but it did. It is a good question. Can you name who has the most seasons played of one home run and one sto- at least one home run and one stolen base? <laughs> It is twenty five. This, this player is for did. Real? Okay, Julio Franco. Not Julio Franco. Who else played twenty five yeah, seasons? Since we're short on time, did you try to do the top five? I guess. Yeah. Really? Twenty. They all did twenty. They did this twenty two seasons of having a home run and a stolen well, base. Brooks Robinson played twenty two seasons, but I'm guessing he didn't steal a base in all twenty two. No, he did not. Um, who else played more than twenty seasons? Yeah. T- did Willie Mays play that many seasons? He did. Yeah, Willie Mays is top five. He's not number one, but he is top five. Twenty two seasons for Willie Mays. Um, I think of pitchers that played that long. It's really hard to think of position players that played that long. Yeah. Yikes. Um. Oh, Ricky. Yes, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. He is Ricky. number one. 25 such seasons with at least one stolen base and one home run at the plate. All right, Ricky Mays. Uh, and it's not Julio Franco, he said? No, it's not Julio That's Franco. That's really surprising because I think he played for 30 seasons. <laughs> Uh, Tim Raines. Uh, Julio Franco had a uh, 19. It looks like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim Raines is not top five. That's surprising because I thought he played for like 30 seasons. Only 20 for Tim Raines. What a, what a <laughs> bum! That guy sucks. What a what a, a huge loser. Uh, Hank Aaron. Uh, Hank Aaron is not in the top five here. Or, oh yes, there he is. He is uh, tied for six. 21 seasons. Jesus All right, Dave Winfield. Uh, not Dave Winfield. Probably not Harold Baines. He didn't steal a lot of bases, but he no. played a lot of seasons. There's another field uh, suffix on the... S- Wait, not Cecil Fielder. I don't no, think no, he no, stole no, no. one base in his career. Field, field, field. The last syllable. Jesse Barfield? No. Jesse Barfield. I don't know how many <laughs> seasons he played. Who am I missing? Who? You're, I'm going to feel stupid when you tell me, I'm sure. Field, 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 field. Field, Bradfield, Enrique Bradfield. No, not Enrique Is it not Bradfield. Enrique maybe, Bradfield? Yeah, maybe soon. He's going to be on. What are you? Are they, are I don't know what he's stance? doing. <laughs> he's doing the batting stance. I can't even remember. Hang on. Gosh, he oh, played. Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield, Gary Sheffield. indeed, also had uh, 22 such right, seasons. Tell me who the others were. 24, uh, 24 seasons. Ty Cobb. Right, Ty man. Cobb had a home run and a stolen base. You and then also. Get the old name, old timey baseball player. Uh, do you want to go ahead? This guy would fall in Cap Anson. No, no, Nap LaJoy. Not Nap. Mel Ott. Not Mel. Eddie Matthews. Rocky uh, Calavito. Duke uh, Snyder. All right, just tell me. Uh, Al oh, Kaline. Al K. Ah, oh, was K-line. on the list yesterday, wasn't, wasn't it? Yes. Al Kaline, 22 seasons. Eddie Murray had 20. Ah, how about that? Yeah. All right. Very good. Yes. Very good. Uh, tidbit was also brought to you by the print issue of Press Box, which is available at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at those hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com, with Lamar Jackson on the cover. 
Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Mass and two, Blue Jays, Orioles, 7 o'clock. Now, Dean Kramer. Not, eh, I made a mistake here. Yeah. I, on a tubular, I switched out Kevin Gaussman for Dean Kramer. Uh, Jack Flaherty versus uh, yeah, versus Dean Kramer. That'd be a weird. That'd be yeah. really weird. That's, that's why. That's why he's not pitching tonight. That's right, why he he's crashed. for the other team. Uh, it's Kevin Gaussman versus Dean Kramer is the pitching matchup tonight for the Orioles and the Blue Jays. There is nothing else. That, that f- flows. Nice flow. Both guys. Oh yeah, yeah. The lettuce is strong in, in both. There's nothing else sports wise that you need to know about tonight. Master Chef, uh, of course, on Fox. Do you need to know about that? That does matter. Temptation Island season finale on USA. Yeah. Uh, Fox News has the first Republican presidential uh, primary yeah. uh, tonight, and then on HBO uh, will be BS High. This is the Bishop Sycamore documentary. Oh, oh, I actually am excited about yes. that. Yes. I mean, the name is great. Uh, BS High. I don't it's, really care about that. I'm really executive uh, produced by uh, Adam McKay and Michael Strahan. Hopefully, it will be better than the Florida thing. It was not good. I heard it was not good. Stinks. Yeah. Stinks Man. on ice. Like it didn't I mean, go in-depth enough, I guess, is what awful. I'm saying. It's not. It's, they, they knew why we wanted the documentary, and then they said, ha but we're not doing any of that. We want you to care about Brandon Seiler and Jarvis Moss. Oh. And here's a four-part documentary about Brandon Spikes. <laughs> Brandon Spikes. <laughs> So like, is it like he was if the only one? If you are a hardcore Florida football fan, like you might care. You'll still be very disappointed because it'll be missing all of the stuff. Tim Tebow, and but like, at least you'll enjoy reliving like them winning football games. Right. There is no reason for anyone who isn't. Uh, this is. I as, thought. By the way, I, I got into a fight with our buddy uh, Jeff Herman because he was like going on about how good the Untold series was, and I was like, really? Like, before I mean, the Manti Teo one, and I yeah. didn't even seen this one yet. The Manti Teo one was outstanding. Tell me another untold that's been particularly good. I guess everyone. The Manziel one was, yeah, it was fine. Like, that one was okay. Like, it was fine in that, like it it didn't. I'll go watch the Jake Paul one. Get back to you. Yeah, you can watch that. The Victor Conti one was awful. Yeah. This is the worst thing they've ever done. Like this is shut the series down. This is between where expectations were and what you got out of it. There is no coming back. So I like this. they had Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer in the trailers. Like and Tim they Tebow talks like this the entire And then I I went <laughs> and I got a Gatorade. <laughs> what? Like everything what? is over dramatic because it's Tim Tebow. Like he can't yeah. help himself. Yeah. He's gotta be he thinks he's a, a movie every time he talks. <sighs> and it, it was just it was, it was oh my god, it was excruciating. And nothing, none of the stuff you want. No Aaron Hernandez, no Pouncey Brothers, no Cam no, Newton. No Cam Newton. No nothing. Any of the reasons why you would want to watch this. They got a little bit into the partying, like a little bit. None of it. It's the worst sports documentary that has ever been made. Wow. Ever. I And I've seen some bad ones. I, I'm infuriated with myself for spending time with this yesterday well thank you for doing it for me do not you, <laughs> you, you will be like I, my blood's i got two episodes in i'm like there's no way and then i started going on twitter and everybody was like yeah this is really I'm like i can turn it off now right but i'm like i guess i need to see i can't but there's no way they don't four episodes nothing wow nothing of value in an entire four-part documentary right. 
as mm-hmm. bad at programming as ever been made. Dreadful. And there's twofold, right? Like if you said, well, we couldn't get anybody to talk. Well, get the people that you had to talk about them. If all you could get was Brandon Siler, then tell Brandon Siler he's going to have to talk about Aaron Hernandez. Or else, sorry, you're not important enough. Christ, it was awful. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, well, I'm glad. But I I'm have... excited about BSI. Yes, I know. I'm glad well, I have more time now. I can. Ca- I got to catch up on Ahsoka. Uh, I didn't. I, I, oh, yeah, okay. I know. I got to go on Ahsoka for Star Wars. But uh, right. yeah. Tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino. Uh, right, you pass me. I want to oh, tell you about the, the F1 uh, simulator. He does not know what he's passing you. He has no <laughs> clue. <laughs> the F1 race simulator. Uh, so uh, I get. I hope you're revved up uh, for the ultimate racing experience, Glenn. Between August 31st and September 3rd, that's Labor Day weekend. Uh, just steps away from Maryland's number one sports book, you will be able to visit the FanDuel F1 simulator located at Sports and Social. So start your engines. It's at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondo Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, very good. Thanks today, too. God, we got to stop. i gotta, I got to get a hold of myself. These, this was way too long. We're, we're back we're way too long, these shows. Thanks today to Kendall Fuller of the Commanders, Baltimore native. Thanks to Annapolis native, Notre Dame safety DJ Brown. Thanks to Connor Newcomb from Locked On Orioles. And thanks also to uh, Pete Shinnick, Towson football coach. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. And, of course, tomorrow on the program. Stuffing things. Ah, yeah. ah, Griffin's like, not my problem. I'm not going to be here. Well, if it sucks, you got to <laughs> deal with it. I'm not saying that. And so it sounds like you're no, saying. No, it's not what I'm saying. It sounds like you're saying. So when you accused me of buying lunch, I was actually communicating with Ryan Jensen's people. Well, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's lovely. Yeah, yeah we'll it's figure lovely. it out. All right, very good. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including including Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Superbook, and, uh, Superbook Sports, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, the Maryland Cycling Classic, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.